She inspires me in ways that Linda never has. She even wants to read my novel. But you haven't written your novel. That's the whole point! In Tip O'Neill Cameo Studios in Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Bobby Papin. This show has everything in a special DC edition of our Tishi Road Trip Across America Cinema Spectacular. Thank you, whoever actually finally wrote that on the run sheet so I could get all the words in. We're doing an inauguration week special stop in DC, sort of, through cinema. We also have a special guest joining me to break down all of this, many of the movies we picked, and more. Starting, uh, we're going to go from right to left on the run sheet today. In Whoa. the Don't call it the other Washington studios in Libwood, <laughs> Washington. It's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Good morning, Christy. Hello. And in the seditionist Zodiac Killer Senator studios in Austin, Texas, <laughs> it's Hillary H. Bob Livingston Butler. Good morning, Hillary. I'm so proud of my senator. Oh, goodness. <laughs> And coming to us from the Pure Militiagan Studios in Detroit, Michigan, yes. it's Meredith, the MVH you know fan heart. I love that. Can we just keep it? Pure yeah. Militiagan. Yes. Absolutely. So yes. You have to say it with Tim Allen's voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh, no. Uh, All right. Never mind. And not to be left out, even though she already talked. Uh, from the Not My Pillow Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota. <laughs> It's Anne. Don't at me, Lundholm. Good morning, Anne. I have a shameful confession to make. My dad bought a my pillow <laughs> once in the day. <laughs> well, I've heard they're like pretty cozy. Yeah, there's a conversation going on Dr. Rob's Facebook page where mm-hmm. somebody's like, actually, they're pretty good, and my neck hurts all the time. So I was like, hmm, maybe I should. Call yeah, them. Uh, they're super expensive. I want to say like a hundred dollars, but I'm uh, not. However. Don't- Quote me on that. I have a tip for you that I just saw on Facebook this morning, and I checked it, and it is indeed true. Uh, If you go to the MyPillow website and you want a discount code, uh, QAnon will actually save you. No, Jesus Christ. Really? I I did it. I really did it. Oh, my God. Not only did I do it after seeing that just to see if it would work, which is now going to ruin my cookies, and I'm going to get ads for this shit for weeks. Uh, I then... Uh, went back in an incognito window and I thought maybe it's just one of those things where like any series of letters is a code. Like it's one mm-hmm. of those things where they just open it up and anything you put. So I put in boobs just as a, <laughs> <laughs> just as a, uh, just to see if anything else. And that did not work. So no, you had to, but yeah, QAnon uh, genuinely yeah. worked as a hmm. discount code. So if you're looking I, to save money yeah. on your, uh, on your white nationalist, uh, uh, Christian Aryan pillow. I don't care how much my neck hurts. I'm not buying one of those. <laughs> I'll say my dad bought his pillow years ago before. Oh yeah. Mike yeah. Lindell's involvement in the Trump fantasy world. Sure. Back then it was just chest hair and the gold cross on the, Oh shirt. yeah. He was always <laughs> creepy, always creepy on the local ads, but we didn't know he was like a white supremacist. <laughs> so now that we've got everybody in here, we're going to do a little bit of small talk, followed mm-hmm. by uh, our mailbag, as always, with some near-death experiences from you, 
the Tishi listeners. Uh, in Medium Talk, we have a, a, a doubleheader first, uh, a special interview. Our first Tishi guest, Anne Louise, uh, broke down uh, the intricacies of living and uh, governing in the District of Columbia, followed by our Tishi road trip across America Cinema Spectacular. Stop in Washington, D.C., both as a place and a state of mind. Then we'll do our Tishi Recommends, Shameless Amazon Plug of the Week, Housekeeping, and How to Get Involved with the Show. And you're going to kick off our small talk with your 2021 baking project. Right. We are trying to keep small talk to a minimum this week because we have five movies to discuss and an interview. And I mean, Ted, this might be a long one, Um, but my baking project is kind of time sensitive. So you all will recall that I made a couple of gingerbread houses this Christmas, just been, been thinking about it for a while and tried it. And then over the Christmas break, I watched some stupid Food Network show on Hulu that was like the great gingerbread competition or something. Uh, it was on Hulu. It was four episodes. And um, some of this stuff was amazing. And I kind of got the itch to learn how to do this gingerbread stuff better. So my 2021 baking project. I'm going to commit to once a month doing a gingerbread bake for some sort of technique, teaching myself how to do this better so that when we get to next Christmas, I will know how to do this for real. Not world class like the gingerbread queen lady from Canada that won that show. It was amazing. But so I wanted to make sure that I mentioned it on the show because we're already halfway through January. And this morning I made the gingerbread dough and I think I'm going to start with um, our Great British Bake Off uh, watchers. Hopefully we'll remember, I think it was the final technical in the season for Sophie and Stephen and Kate where they had to make like 12 fantastically iced gingerbread cookies like the patterns on them were insane and so i think i'm going to start with that challenge i'm going to make a bunch of cookies and then just decorate them with the royal icing and see how it goes so the different colors are um we shall see i did buy the pack of 12 gel food coloring um uh, whatever from Wilton, the first name in baking supplies. So <laughs> I, I don't know that I need to necessarily start with the colored icing this time. Maybe just work on the white this time. Mm-hmm. As all good Americans, we work on the white first. <laughs> That's always our first priority. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Then we move yep. into colors. So mm-hmm. uh, I will be, hopefully, if this goes well, I'll be updating everybody once a month to let you know how it's going. That's Excellent. really cool. pictures. Sure. Why you are going to be you are going to be a world champ after all this. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. The, one of the things on the gingerbread competition show that they asked the lady was generally how many hours does she put into these like competition sculpture structure things? She said 250 hours. Wow. I was like, "Holy fuck." <laughs> but she gets the chance to win 10 grand from some guy I've never heard of in a suit and weird judges from the Food Network pantheon right. of hosts. The final show they had a week. They gave them a week to, to and they had two helpers. So it was three people for oh. a week to make a gingerbread structure. It's intense. Yeah, it was very cool. Do you have to be British to go on the 
go on the Great British Bake Off? You do, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> what about the Canadian one? Can you fit in that I, way? I'm pretty sure you have to be Canadian. <laughs> Your accent is is you know I, I true. Mean, that Minnesota cl- accent is Canadian adjacent. Right, it you is. could lean yes. into it. Mm-hmm. A boot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All the bakes have covered them. <laughs> All the bakes have maple sugar in them, and yeah, uh, I'll sign up for that. Poutine accompaniments. <laughs> oh, gross! gross. gross. Mm, never mind. <laughs> Gingerbread dipped in gravy. No, thank you. Ew. I'm I'm hungry. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> Uh, and we're going to keep it there for small talk uh, this week because uh, none of the rest of our lives are interesting. Not right <clears throat> now. Not while the rest of the world is burning. No. Out of the mailbag, Hillary. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, uh, we did our near-death experiences last week. Um, everybody was nervous about my dad listening. I was like, it's fine. I admitted like some lies I told him. He'll be excited <laughs> that he was right. It's but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you did that last week in his I know. car. <laughs> Um, but we got a few from all of y'all, and here are some of the ones that we loved. Okay. Yeah. Ma- oh, let me say oh. first before you start, Hillary, is yes. that I, I pulled these, and we have lots more on the Facebook group, as usual. Um, I don't want anybody to think that their near-death experience was not worth talking about, but in the interests of time, <laughs> I... I picked the ones because you guys talked about you were like more focused on the ones where um, a near death experience happened as a result of maybe a poor decision yes. that someone yes. made. So I left out the ones that were like health related yeah. Yeah. where, you know, you didn't like choose to I, get cancer. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I really enjoyed, re- I mean, enjoyed reading all of those. I was happy to read all of those. But most of these are ones where you did something maybe kind of. Kind of, kind of dumb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Keep it light. <laughs> Keep it dumb. Um, Megan says, I almost frolicked over the edge of a cliff once. The sad <laughs> thing is that I'm a lifelong non-frolicker. And the one time I tried to get along with my friends and coworkers, I almost paid the ultimate price. <laughs> I hear you, wow. Megan. I am also a non-frolicker. <laughs> yeah. I know. I feel like, Anne, if that happened to you, you're like skipping around. You're like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? this and then you yeah. fall over the edge you're like i knew it i, knew it. <laughs> I should never have frolicked i love that megan left me wanting to ask more questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> what does constitute frolicking in this situation i would assume skipping yes or yeah. like you know where you roll down the hill uh-huh. like oh yeah yeah i saw it a little bit um sound of musicy yes. where she's mm-hmm. twirling on For the sure. hillside yeah. singing it has to be singing <laughs> Uh, Kristen says, I was 17 and drove my friend home from school on an icy day. I was driving on a street along the side of a river when a cat ran in front of me. I turned into an icy path patch and ended up driving my 1979 Chevy Monte, Monte Carlo into the... Oh. Okay, thank you for the pronunciation. Nessaquag River. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, it was sinking slowly, so I was able to open my door most of the way and slip out. I was mostly embarrassed. The worst part was when my the most of my uh, small Long Island town gathered around to see my car towed out of the river. That's terrifying. Oh, I'm so scared of of my car. Yeah, I am too. Going into. I mean, I have a glass break thing in my car for that situation. We've seen that in so many movies and TV mm-hmm. shows, right? Yeah. Someone mm-hmm. in the car while the water is filling it up and they're pounding on the glass. Uh, I can't watch that. There's actually, nope. in one of my almost chosen movies, The Contender, there's a scene where 
like the woman is trying to get out and he's just like looking at her and you're like no. yeah. well we wouldn't have the movie Beetlejuice if no not <laughs> right scenario. true true <laughs> Turn around, don't drown. Sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> um, how does that priorities? Yeah. <laughs> Bobby's like, I love, I love Tim Burton. <laughs> um, uh, Heather says, closest is spinning to the other side of the highway on some ice. I don't know how close to death it was, but I used to be really dumb and decided swimming while drunk <laughs> at night was a good <laughs> idea in any season. I swam in Seattle Lakes at midnight, New Year's Eve. And once uh, across the ship canal. Wow. Why I'm quite sure after that, that, that one, I was in the beginning stages of hypothermia. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, ignorant boldness with swimming actually seems to be a recurrent theme. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it in, a, in cold water, you have to have that the wetsuit. Yeah. Right? The mm-hmm. Diana Nyad. Yeah. Wetsuit and stuff. Ooh. Around here, you have to have dry suits because it's so cold. Yeah. Ooh. I'm like cold thinking about it. Uh, Natasha says, I don't know if this counts as near death, but I had an appendicitis when I was 12, and my appendix ruptured a week before I went to the hospital. A my week? Mom- That's insane. That wow. is insane. My mom asked the surgeon if I was going to have to stay overnight after I got my appendix out, and he laughed. I ended up being there for a week uh, with a pretty severe case of blood poisoning. Yikes. Yeah. No blood poisoning, oh. like, kills you. I mean, that is, yeah, like, when you uh, turn yeah, septic, yeah. it's... Yeah, this ew. one falls under the, the category of health risk, Except for I felt like I should include it because the poor decision was the waiting a week. A week. Isn't that really painful when your yeah. appendix ruptures? It's extremely painful. And was your mother a nurse? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this uh-huh. is... That a- sounds like something that would happen to me. I walked You're around fine. for three days with a broken arm because <laughs> she didn't this believe me. boomers not taking us to the hospital yeah. or the doctor. <laughs> yep. You're like, walk it off. Yep. Um, Amanda says, when I was 17, I veered across two lanes of traffic on a busy street and ended up skidding into a gas station parking lot because a bag of groceries <laughs> fell over in the front seat and I swerved <laughs> as I tried to keep it from spilling. Yikes. I thought this People was very it. relatable. This uh, one. Yeah. We've yeah. all yeah. had that. If not that exact moment, then that kind of thing where something's toppling over in the seat mm-hmm. that you, I don't know, like you got soup from a takeout place and it yep. falls mm-hmm. over. And you're like, motherfucker. Yeah, because it's your instinct to try and catch it, right, but yeah. also yep. you're going to die. Like, <laughs> let the let the groceries hit the floor, you guys. <laughs> That's like, like, let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah, just a different exactly. version. <laughs> let the groceries feel. It's better than getting killed in a car crash. If she had gotten out of her car in that parking lot and broke a heel and then looked up and saw a prince filling up his car, this could be a lifetime <laughs> Me. <laughs> right that's good uh, uh, okay sam says when i was working in automotive testing second shift i was using an overhead bridge crane i wasn't paying attention and lifting the empty hook at full speed the hook no. snagged the head no. of the bolt then popped off swinging to hit me in the face at high speed mm. and it hit me in the cheek near my nose if i hit if it had hit my eye or temple i probably would have not made it Ugh. Sam, it's terrifying. Holy cow. Always be paying attention (laughs) around giant hooks. (laughs) Um, John said, when I was 13 or so, I was canoeing on a river in northern Michigan with my dad and managed to flip the canoe. Somehow I got trapped under it and my dad got thrown out and floated away. Ah! And I was underwater for almost three minutes. I'd like to note that Hillary added the Oh, no, it's not in there. Uh, for almost three minutes before my dad and some college kids drinking beers nearby got there, we were able to lift the canoe and me out of the water. 
I don't think that I lost consciousness because I felt sort of fine after it. My dad told me that I actually lifted up enough to breathe. I don't remember that part. Well, you don't remember everything, but no. that's oh something gosh. that we're taught because maybe that's a Northern Michigan thing, but we canoe a lot here and yeah. you can actually create like a, a seal with the canoe if it tips over just right and you can't, you can't get out. <laughs> yep. God. Yeah. You put your head under the air pocket so that you can yes. breathe temporarily yep. anyway. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Jean says, I tried swimming across the Ohio River once. I was Jean. more than, I know, a little Diana Nyad right here. I was more than halfway when a large barge came around the bend and began picking up speed. I began to doubt if they could see little old me there or if they could stop in time. But luckily, uh, my fellow picnickers hopped in in their outboard and zipped out and picked me up. It was probably the best because once over there, I would have also had to swim back. LOL. <laughs> Don't think about that. I know. The journey home. And yeah. then it was on fire. It really <laughs> is like 85% swimming uh, water mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. Yikes. I mean, I mean, we're not supposed to be swimming. I know. We're, like, we don't, we don't live gills. in water for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> I think that pools are more deadly for kids than guns Yeah, are, yes, even. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Messed up. Yep. There's a lot of pools out there, and you, you can't lock them up. Yeah. No. Yep. Yeah, you know what's not going bankrupt this week? The National Pool Association. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, thanks, guys. Uh, good, uh, good answers as usual. So keep them coming. We love them. All right, I guess on to medium talk. This is uh, it's all five of us, so it's, it's a big one. Um, we're continuing our Tishi road trip across America's cinema spectacular um, with our trip to DC, or you know, DC is the actual location, or just in our brains. But mm-hmm. first. We had a little DC talk uh, with listener Anne Louise that was enlightening and uh, uh, really educational. So we want to play it. Yeah. So part of the reason why I wanted you on is because I was doing a crazy Facebook rant on the day of the um, protest. We were doing a a reasonable Facebook rant. (laughs) And you chimed in to um, correct me about Capitol Police. And then that that got me started on wanting to know everything about it. And then you emailed and said, I can tell you all about D.C. statehood. So I am very excited to learn about this. So what you said is that Capitol Police just they and I also watched the um, documentary 24 Hours. Have you guys watched this? You should if you haven't. It's called 24 Hours attack on the Capitol, I believe it's on Hulu. It's so good. And it had, um, all different points of view. And I got to see that the Capitol police were doing things actually just the stuff we were seeing on the outside was like the same stuff being over and over and over again. Um, so it's really interesting, but so the Capitol police just guard the Capitol, specifically the senators or the the Congress people. Right. Right. Cause if you think about, um, like what you know about the U.S. government that you learn in like fifth grade civics, there's like the three branches of government, right? So um, Congress is the legislative branch and they do not control like any of the federal authorities that are through the executive branch, like the FBI is under the executive, right? So Congress has their own police force that is controlled by the legislative branch. So, and there are different legislative branch agencies that all fall under Congress. 
um, like the architect of the Capitol is like one of the legislative branch agencies. So anyway, so that's part of why there are so many different jurisdictions. And then in DC, there's like a ton of national parks, like even the little triangle parks um, where like there might be just some benches or trash cans or something, some, you know, um, maybe a, a playground or something that might be a national park. Um, like DuPont Circle is a pretty famous circle in dc if you it's a neighborhood oh yes i know i watched the american president we just watched american (laughs) president so 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 dupont circle is a a national park and um so dc does not have jurisdiction over like that small amount of land scattered throughout the city and um they've been working with the city to try to transfer jurisdiction of some of those things just to make it easier to administer because otherwise we have to rely on the federal government right to like pick up trash like it turned into a big rat infestation um so it's it's just like very like specific local government like boring things like that that end up becoming way more complicated because the city doesn't have full control over everything that happens within the city so strange now so does dc the city have city police it does yes it does MPD, the metropolitan police department but as soon as they get on capital grounds they have no jurisdiction anymore correct um yeah so in this case i think what happened is the capital police like invited them to come after they realized how bad mm-hmm. things were getting. Um, and I saw a journalist saying like, oh, MPD is patrolling inside the Capitol. Like I've never seen this before. Um, and MPD is what? Is the DC police, the city What police. does the M stand for? Oh, Metropolitan. Okay. I yeah. was thinking maybe it was Maryland. Like I didn't understand <laughs> where the M was coming from. Okay. So you as a city have no governor, obviously, and no senators, but you have a mayor. Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And we didn't used to have a mayor. So, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. So, um, like just to do some like history, okay. I'm using my computer. I'm going to try to scroll on on here. Christy just Um, went straight into the thick of things. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. Cause I don't know, like there was a ton of stuff I didn't know about DC before I moved here. And which was 15 years ago. And you know, just talking to other people, there's like so many things that most, most people in the country don't know. And most people are against statehood. And then when you talk to them about it and they realize like, holy crap, you know, all this stuff that they didn't know, they are much more likely to support it. So, I mean, there's plenty of like political reasons that people argue sure. for it to Senators be and um, a state or not a state, right? On both sides, there's political arguments that you can make either way. But like, from my perspective, it's just the right thing to do. What are the yeah. political arguments for not a state? Yes. It gives less power to black people. So well, if yes. you're you in power, so DC is very demo- like heavily democratic. Sure. Um, and so, you know, if you're a Republican, that means that it's diluting power that you're part right, of. Right. But I don't about. consider that to be <laughs> a, a good faith argument. Right. Sure. No. Well, sure. No. But I'm just saying, like, I feel like lately it, in the discourse, it has been a very political discussion about whether hmm. DC should be a state. Um, and even on like the pro side. And I feel like um, just to take a step back for people who um, may not be compelled by the political arguments, you can say, well, but what about these other things, right? About the, the realistic effects that non-statehood has on the people who actually live here or who are born here um, and who are Americans and don't have the same rights and representation. Yeah. 
taxation right. without yeah. representation. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was <laughs> going to say is that you still pay the normal taxes that yes. I mean, you even pay more than we do in Washington because we don't have a state, but you have a district tax. How yes. can people get away with the no taxation? Can't you like pour a bunch of LaCroix into the water <laughs> or something and like <laughs> demand? <laughs> uh that would i don't think anyone has tried that so i put that on the list <laughs> for lacroix in the water a joint now, lacroix you, you do have uh representatives in congress right but they're non-voting we have, we members, have one correct we have a non-voting delegate well sh okay so we have a non-binding voting delegate and i mean what's really a even u.s the house point? representatives yeah. so she um is given like a like courtesy vote basically whenever Democrats are in power and then when Republicans are in power, typically she is not allowed to actually vote. Wow. But her vote is not binding. That so, is, wow. this is wild. Yeah. This is wilder than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, it's not just DC that has that um, representation without voting. I think, um, I know Puerto Rico and US yeah. Virgin Islands also have not voting delegates. Um, but they don't pay taxes the way that we do in DC. Right. So DC is unique in that way. You know, if I lived in the U.S. Virgin Islands, I think I'd be okay. <laughs> You're like <laughs> whatever <laughs> representation. So okay, so my I have a friend who does live there. Um, she's from Chicago. She's obviously an American. Her husband's an American. Her kid is an American. Um, but they live in uh, St. Thomas, and they were there during Hurricane Irma. And uh, they were basically a band, like stranded mm -hmm. in their okay, house. Never mind. <laughs> were, well, no, it is gorgeous. She constantly is posting pictures of the ocean for people like during COVID <laughs> to be like, here, just watch this. And you're like, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. So one argument that she made then was I realized like how important representation and full statehood status yeah. is when that happened, because if we had been a state, it would have we would have gotten aid much faster and they were like running out of food hmm. and she had a one-year-old and they oh, only God. they only escaped because they got on somebody's boat that they sent over from puerto rico so i mean it is it's kind of like when puerto rico had that horrible hurricane yep. what like yeah. two years ago and it's like oh there's a bunch of brown people down there like well we don't <laughs> yeah, need to it's okay. here's some paper towels um, right. yeah good right, right? that's and like dc got much less money than the other than the states um, proportionally in the CARES Act for COVID. And wow. so one of the things that DC has asked for like in future relief bills is like, hey, can we get the same amount of money that everyone yeah. else got? Yeah. yeah. We have the same problems that everyone is having. How can I they get away with that though? Because <laughs> we can't vote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no they don't have people representing them. Like that I mean, is yeah. really That's important. just human decency. I know, it's crazy. <laughs> well, again, it's like brown people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Well, so and have not having a vote that you can trade, right? Like if you're in Congress and you mm -hmm. want something, you say, well, if you vote for this thing for me, I'll vote for this thing for you. But if you don't have a vote to trade, you have no currency, right? You just have to be like a really persuasive person <laughs> to get people on your side. So anything that they can accomplish is impressive to me. So has statehood come up for vote? It has. Yeah. When um, was the last time? This past year in 2020. And it failed. It passed the house. Oh, oh, of course, and it yeah. it didn't get um, brought up Correct. in the Senate. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, McConnell's like your your former <laughs> your, your former <laughs> senator McConnell's like no, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. So they so a DC residents um like 1961, so six years ago is the first time DC residents could vote for president. Before that, they couldn't vote for president. Really? <laughs> That's insane. Residents, the ability to vote for president, which is why it's 538, right, instead of 535, because we have three. Yeah. Um, oh. right, right, right. Oh. I read that because because states get the number of reps plus two senators, but you don't have that, and so you get the lowest sta- equal to the lowest state. Mm-hmm. <sighs> exactly. I'm so yeah. mad. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I wish I could vote for statehood now. Do you think that this put a spotlight on it, and that it may actually pass? Like. That it might, I mean, might there's be been, there's been like progress toward, it hasn't been totally stacked. There's been progress slowly over 60 years to give DC residents more re- representation, more equal status. So like in 61, they could vote for president in 70, they got the non-voting delegate to Congress. Um, and then home rule, which is like the big thing that happened was in 73, when we got a mayor and council members. Um, before that, it was all just controlled by the federal government. Um, so it was like a caretaker kind of. Um, and then there in the 80s, there was a proposed constitutional amendment to make to give DC voting rights and representation. Um, but it wasn't ratified by enough states in time. And there was like a expired basically. Yeah. Um, so that didn't happen. And there was a vote in the House that failed, I think in the nineties for statehood, but so it did the DC residents passed a statehood referendum in 2016. Um, and so the council petitioned Congress to approve DC's admission as a state, and it would be, um, through, through legislation instead of a constitutional amendment. So, um, it doesn't require ratification by the states. And there are other states who were brought into the union the same way, um, including like, I think California and Oregon, so it's like a totally legit way to become a state. <laughs> sure. I swear to God, uh, some of the, I feel like part of it is everybody's like, no, 50, 50 is how many we have. We yeah, have 50 we have states. Right. <laughs> Design the flag. Come on. Again? I no. I can't buy a new flag. <laughs> um, you can't so- have 51 stars or, or how no, do you do that? It's weird. <laughs> it has to be even. Um, so what I also, in all the like research and what this last week brought up is that the national every state has national guard that they can call up and the governor does this well you don't have a governor and also mm-hmm. you don't have a national guard um except the president is the only one that can call call it up and he just yeah, wasn't wanting yeah. to do that obviously yeah so there is a there is a dc national guard but the mayor has to like request that they be activated and then wasn't it that he ended up asking the maryland yeah, I think there are some um, con- some representatives of Congress who, um, from Maryland and Virginia, or from leadership, who asked the Maryland and Virginia National Guard to be activated. Um, um, so they did show up eventually, I guess, like later that night. But it was mostly FBI and um, MPD that I saw. Like, I have a friend. Uh, former neighbor who was in the Capitol basement, like while all that stuff was going mm. on, and the video footage that he had just showed FBI vests like everywhere when he was God. finally released. God, 
Um, so Elliot wanted me to ask you if it was scary for you. Yes. I actually there. was wondering that. <laughs> Elliot, Elliot and I were both wondering. Yeah. <laughs> like how close um, were you to this? Yeah. So we live about 12 blocks from the Capitol, which is about oh a mile and a half. Yeah. Too close. Um, and I, don't, I think if I hadn't had a way to find out news, like I would know something was happening, but I wouldn't have any idea of like the scale of it um, because I couldn't hear anything from the Capitol or see anything. I didn't see anyone on my street. Um, but we could hear the siren. We live really close to North Capitol Street. So I was like hearing the um, this police sirens basically all day, like going or all afternoon um, and night. <laughs> it kept going for a long time. But I mean, we're pretty used to a lot of that kind of noise and like the helicopter, the low flying helicopter mm -hmm. is like a constant joke in DC. So yeah. Yeah. it's like always there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was scary because we, we were kind of learning along with everybody else what was going on. Um, and I had lots of family members and stuff texting me and being like, are you okay? Do you need to come stay with us? You know, um, just very sweet. I felt very loved. So, but we were okay. We we're just at home and my kids were at our, we we're in a pod. So they were at the pod um, doing school. So we just didn't tell them that day what was going on. Cause I didn't really frankly know what was going on. I didn't yeah. want to hear mm -hmm. them yeah. um, because they wouldn't have under grappled, been able to grapple with like the importance of the legitimate election or anything like that they yeah. would have just been like bad guys are here uh, you know, um, <laughs> yeah it's very binary so, yeah. which actually we, this is kind of binary but, but yeah it's kind of <laughs> like they wouldn't have been able to focus on anything other than like are we safe and I would yeah. know the mm -hmm. answer yeah. to that question so we just sure. waited until right. the next morning when we kind of knew things had calmed down um, and the curfew was lifted and we just told them before they went to school because we knew it would come up, you know, when they got to school. So, well, quote unquote school. <laughs> How old are they? Six and three. Six and three. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so tough. what about for next week? Um, are there like big plans? What what are people planning to do? Uh, I, I mean, OK, so most of the people that I know are like other parents with small kids. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're all just staying home. And yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah. think that's because... probably wise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure there are people planning something, some kind of counter protest, but I am not young enough or hip enough. To know yeah. what that is. And it sounds dangerous. I mean, that's the yes. bad part is these people love guns. Like yeah, they right. just love to no. pack them. So that's the scary part, right? Um, I yeah. agree in theory with the idea of a counter protest, but right. it's a practical thing. I'm not sure it's wise. <laughs> no. I, I would I would say I haven't heard anything about it, and I think people were pretty good about obeying the curfew when that happened. So you know, people are not stupid. No, <laughs> well, <laughs> some people are yeah. not stupid. <laughs> well, and it's when the stupid. protest becomes a riot is that's when it's scary, right? Right. Yeah. Um. Oh gosh, I forgot. Oh, I have a question. Is there anything people that like don't live in DC? Is there anything like we, I mean, we could do to kind of boost the signal on it a little yeah, bit? Yeah. So like you actually do have representatives. Yeah, I do. I, they're ter they're the terrible, but I have them. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary, so, um, call your Senator Ted <laughs> Cruz. <laughs> My seditious Senator Ted Cruz. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's like one thing that uh, we try to do is in DC because everybody has, I keep leaning forward, sorry, uh, because okay. everybody has 
you know, family and friends that live other places, we can talk to them about it and let them know what the situation is really like. Um, and they can try to push for change, you know, um, support the legislation um, and tell other other people, you know, teach it in schools, that sort of thing. Um, we just, you know, like I said, most people just don't know anything about it. And that's why they object to it. Cause like the only thing they know about DC is Marion Barry. Or- I swear right. that's like, yeah. That's <laughs> the, when you say mayor of DC, that's like kind of, yeah. what do you think? Which is right. Which was like 30 oh, yeah. Yeah. years really ago. Thanks <laughs> so, a lot, Marion. He died <laughs> several years ago. <laughs> so, so, well, was- so I think. I think we have to solve this flag thing. I honestly think that's what's holding it back. I know, I swear. For the non-racist people in the country. So I think if we add five states at once, then Mm. we'll get to a five and 11. Approaching this from a graphic design point of view. (laughs) We can do that. Okay, so if you get DC, you get the US Virgin Islands, you get Puerto Rico, we only need two more. Guam. Oh, Guam, yeah. And the Marshall Islands. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Voila. Problem solved. <laughs> hey, I'll go to those places happily. We'll go visit oh, and them. they and they want to name DC after Frederick Douglass, which is really cool. Oh. Oh, I was gonna I mean, ask if you yeah. become a state, you won't be the District of Columbia anymore. Right. So right. They want a different way entirely. So, so what they were put, what they put in the referendum and what I think went in the legislation is super cheesy and weird and awkward, but I'm kind, I'm coming around to it, um, which is, it would be Washington Douglas Commonwealth. So it'd have a comma in the official name of our state, just weird, but it already, it does now too. So, and so then the idea was that it, it, it would still be referred to as DC Right, but it would stand for Douglas Commonwealth instead okay. of because I know that Columbia. Christy and her fellow Washingtonians get very upset mm-hmm. when people just yes. say Washington when they yeah. mean the capital. <laughs> well, it's just well, I only get upset when people assume that it means DC. DC, right? Like, oh, the other Washington. Uh, okay. I mean, as a kid growing up, because my grandmother lived in Arlington. I mean, Washington was always. Oh, actually, my you know my mother would say sometimes she would say. Washington, which I always think is such a funny way of pronouncing it. But yeah, until I had many, many friends in the state of Washington, Washington to me was Washington, D.C. Yeah, I, I think it's like an East Coast, West Coast. Yeah, totally. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, and f- frankly, when you hear about Washington State, you mostly hear about Seattle, Seattle or Portland right. or the cities. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think that much about Washington State, but you do hear about Washington, D.C. So yeah. right. it's just kind of a familiarity thing. But yes, as Hillary said, since I've had so many friends in Washington State, mm-hmm. I'm getting much better at at least paying attention yeah. and saying, wait, which Washington? Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. why when I travel to places, I say I'm from Seattle. Oh, And then if sure. they're like, oh, I know Seattle, then I say, oh, okay, well, I actually am from, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not against honoring Frederick Douglass. That would be cool. Yeah. No, that's cool. He's, yeah. It's that just sort a of a clunky, yeah, it's a little clunky, but whatever. Yeah, I, I've come to terms with it by saying, like, if it gets a statehood, then sure, call it whatever. Well, yeah, you fine. Want. Great. I don't care. I'm, I'm just, that might be a lot to swallow for the racist. <laughs> like, okay, statehood, but <laughs> not Frederick Douglass. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's definitely, I don't think it's a coincidence that like, I feel like people have started talking about statehood more now that DC is no longer majority black. 
it's like uh, kind of a uh, kick in the teeth you know people yes. were working for so so long to yeah. get this to happen like yeah. this the advocates um you know like the civil rights movement um and getting home rule for dc were, were very closely tied right like marion berry was one of the leaders of the civil rights movement so like um i think it is like kind of not cool that no. only now <laughs> only now, now that it's like gen- like it's gentrified now and right. you know yeah yeah <laughs> now we're okay with it <laughs> that's for sure but um oh. yeah so uh, the other thing um hillary that you said was like what what can people do um there are like some groups um online that you can like go visit their website um there's like the city's official statehood website that has a map showing what the new federal boundaries would be. So you could see where like the federal enclave would still exist. And then, um, so that would be like the seat of government, Mm -hmm. just like, just like the constitution says, it would be all very constitutional. (laughs) Nobody needs to freak out and like write something, some big treatise about how this is unconstitutional. Women didn't have any rights in the constitution. We need to rewrite it. (laughs) This is dumb. And then the, and then you can see like what would become like the state of DC. Um, and then uh, DC Vote and Neighbors United for DC Statehood are two other like really good um, groups that do a lot of advocacy on statehood. And then if you want to know more about the city on the history and like the civil rights history and all that stuff, um, Dream City, Race Power and the Decline of Washington is like an amazing book. Um, cool. It's like a classic that everyone recommends and then um my neighbor tony lewis jr um wrote uh, his autobiography with kale reeves and it's called slug a boy's life in the age of mass incarceration and his dad um was a major player in the crack cocaine um trade in the 80s and 90s and was arrested and put on trial in dc behind uh, bulletproof glass um and he's in federal prison. Oh, Christy, you will be interested in this. Um, so in DC, there's another thing <laughs> that happens in DC because we're not a state is that a lot of crimes are prosecuted at the federal level instead of at the state level since we aren't a state. And so a lot of things that you would normally go to state prison for, you end up in federal prison. Wow. And then you can be sent anywhere in the country. Yeah. So if you're like, you know, if you're in Seattle and you were selling drugs and you get convicted, then you're at least going to be in Washington state serving your time. So your family can hopefully drive to come visit you. But if you're in federal prison, then you could get sent to California. You may never see your family again until you get out. So, wow. um, yeah. Ooh, anyway, yes. that's just, there's more. That's just like one <laughs> yeah, horrible it's super messed up. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, Tony's dad is still in prison. He was in, he's been in prison since the early nineties. Wait, um, what for selling drugs yes uh, well he i mean he was like admittedly like you know the number two guy in dc selling mm-hmm. um crack but he you if you read the book you end it thinking like why the heck is this guy still in prison this mm-hmm. makes zero sense he's like in his 60s he's just like a cuddly old guy i've heard so many interviews that tony has done with him seeing all these pictures of him with his grandkids who are my kids friends they're all the same age you know it's just like horrifying that we think that there's like some value to be added to society by the fact that he's still in still prison. prison yeah well especially when the- you think of all the people who've been released like in covid mm-hmm. and stuff and he they rejected his application well, so. and just like we don't need to get into it because it's long but just that the um 
the time for crack is like double the amount yes. for cocaine yeah, and yeah. it's like yeah. lesser of a drug. So like, <laughs> oh, this makes me so mad. Okay. Yeah. 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 This is for, this is for another <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But anyway, but it's a fat, it's a totally fascinating book. It's very short. Um, it's like so moving. I cried many times reading it. So I'm adding um, it right slug now. a boy's life in the age of mass incarceration. I recommend we'll link it. to those for sure. Yes. Cause yeah, you can use our Amazon link. For yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think unless you have anything else to say, I think that kind of does it. No, thank you for giving me so much time. Oh, I did want to say, um, can have you guys done your movie part yet? Or are you doing that this weekend? No. We'll do it this weekend. Um, so I think I would put a plug for Burn After Reading. Ooh, you know, I've never seen that. Of, there's a lot of DC footage in that one. It's very weird. It's Coen Brothers. No, yeah, yeah. Is that the one with Brad yeah. Pitt? Yep. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh gosh, I just remembered one of my favorite DC movies. Sorry, this is an aside. Is Dick? God, that's such a good movie. Oh, it yeah. is a good movie. movie. Yeah. I'm gonna watch I forgot, it anyway. I forgot. Thank you for smoking. After I had picked mine, mm-hmm. I wish I picked that one. There's a lot of great ones. Yeah, burn after one. Burn after reading, I think, is like my my weirdo one that I like. That's cool. Well, we'll add it. Yep. <laughs> Thank you Thank- so much, guys, yeah. for giving me so much time. Thank you. Thank you. And Louise, Thanks. this is awesome. Yeah, you're our, our Washington, our chief Washington <laughs> correspondent. <laughs> awesome. Yes, all the all the TC listeners from DC who aren't me should um, chime in, you know, with all their like things that I forgot to mention because I'm sure there are lots. Yes. And also yeah. you're our very first guest on TC. I know it's very Welcome. exciting. Welcome. Really? <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are great interviewers. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we. I need a compliment. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> there are um, a lot of things about D.C. that I didn't know, which is really funny because I grew up going to D.C. like th- two times a year at least um, my whole well, life. Well, if you're Hilaria, you're from there. Uh, <laughs> hola, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I. But it is like... And I was listening to something today, maybe Radiolab or on the media or something, and they were like, oh, there's so many different police bureaus or, you know, for every little section, there's, it, it is pretty complicated. But yeah, the DC statehood thing is, is just wild. And I was telling Dave about it and I said, and Louise pointed out, which I thought was the most interesting thing is that the, one of the reasons they think that it's gaining is that it's not a majority black city anymore. Yeah, You know, it's such a bummer it's disgusting yeah it's enraging yeah is what it is yeah yeah and it's just like oh yeah it's this like gentrified city with, like lots of you know soul cycles around so it's time mm-hmm. now that it, it affects state. us yeah. let's make it a yeah. state yeah yeah mm-hmm. no, it's and good. and i was fascinated like things that i never even considered obviously because why would i but like when she was saying all like the little teeny weeny parks, yeah, like the triangles yeah. are, are all National under parts. the Park Service yeah. jurisdiction. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's just such as this weird like out of you know, it's like a city with no country kind of yep. deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that it, I thought it was really interesting, and and she has. We'll recommend, I mean, she recommended them, but we're going to, we're going to tag some of the books that she recommended. Cause I, I want to, I'm interested in it because the history is, is pretty crazy. Anyway, thank you, Anne Louise, for that. Thank you for the education. But now on to some cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, all look, of these. We got to look at the true DC, and now right. we're going to look at the movie DC. <laughs> um, our, our movie selections, you know, are 
go from hopeful to pretty cynical. So <laughs> let's start with uh, mine, which is probably the most hopeful one, the American president. Does it shock any of you that I chose this? No, I don't think no. so. Um, it's the quintessential political libtard movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Totally. This it, is it, the way that we wish America was. was where right? Republicans had shame. <laughs> well, and mm-hmm. that's, that's the same feeling you get watching West Wing, which yep. is no surprise yeah. because it was half of the same cast and the same director. I mean, this is the Rosetta, this is the Rosetta Stone for the West Wing. It's like right. many of the same. I mean, Dave and I actually quote one of the lines from both this and the West Wing a lot. It's like, you're going to have to tell me what a proportional response is. Or we always talk about proportional responses because oh, yeah. mm-hmm. our kids often, often do not have proportional responses to <laughs> anything. <situations>. Injustice. <laughs> yes. Um, but... I, I, I setting the scene, I remember when I saw this, I believe it came out in 1995 and my parents, because I'm, I feel like I've told this before because I was such a cool kid. I went to the movies with my parents on like a Saturday afternoon. We went to go see the American president and then we snuck in to see <gasps> Toy Story and it was so much fun. Um, and we felt very rebellious, but mm. it was a great time. Michael, um, this is where she <laughs> went down the wrong path. You mm-hmm. criminals. I know, mm-hmm. such criminals. But it was really fun. I do actually remember at the time, though, my parents were like, oh, that movie was so corny. We like Toy Story way better than The American President. And I think that this was, this time, uh, uh, they might disagree with me, but in 1991-92, my parents were big Clinton fans. You know, they really supported him. Of course, he was like the first boomer president. So I think it was really exciting to them that he, you know, was in, they were in power finally. Um, at this point, though, they really had started to sour on him. And this is such like a he's not Clinton, obviously, but like it's a you know, it's a shadow of what like the whole kind of hope of what Clinton is, is supposed to be, you know, with mm-hmm. with the Michael J. Fox character kind of being Stephanopoulos, you know, it, it sort of is, sure. is this 90s character, what we want uh, America to be. So I think my parents at the time were just like eye rolling a little bit at it. But um, watching it now, there's just it, the 90s of it all is just, it's, I don't, it, it, <laughs> like when she talks about, it, because we haven't really gotten anywhere, when she's talking, when Sidney Allen Wade, uh, played by Annette Bidding is talking about like fossil fuels, like it'll like make your car a collector. And I'm like, it's still not actually. I wrote yeah. that <laughs> quote down because, okay, so this was 1995 and the quote is in 10 years from now, any car with an internal combustion engine will be considered a collector's item. Come on board. We'll make your Volvo a classic. <laughs> no. like, oh. It's so Aww. interesting how little we have moved that oh, issue. I know. I know. I know. In the last 25 it's years. Gross. Interesting that that hot take came from our Detroit correspondent. <laughs> <laughs> the Motown 3. Um, well, the closest is California, you know, by um, 2035, they can't sell any um, non-electric cars. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great for the dealerships just over the border. Sure. In, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, Nevada yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I... <laughs> It's funny because I, I was thinking about Andrew Shepard, Michael um, Douglas, and how up until that point for so long, he was just like our resident dirtbag actor. Like, you know, he's in uh, Disclosure. He's in Basic Instinct, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Fatal Attraction. And then this, he does actually do a pretty good job of being this kind of like stand up, you know, guy. But he has to be sort of blank. Like that's his character it, to the point where like... Sydney Allen Wade is 
I've never been like a huge Annette Benning fan, but she is just precious in this. You're just like, mm-hmm. oh, I just want to like yeah. squeeze, like squeeze her cheeks. You know, you're Super like smart. Oh. Yes, yeah, smart. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. I don't mm-hmm. know how they did her hair for it's, that state dinner, but to d- take a short hairdo and make it sort of look like yeah. a crown. Yeah. Oh, it's it's beautiful. so good. Yeah, they did a great job. Um, my favorite line that Sel- Sydney Allen Wade says is, how do you have patience for people who claim they love America, but clearly can't stand Americans? Yes, girl. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> how I'm sure today. I know. I know some of the stuff is like, well, one – some of the stuff is still just like going on and it is sort of the seeds. Um, Dave and I were talking last night about how it wasn't the beginning of it, but the Newt Gingrich of it all really was the start of demonizing people uh, like just for being, you know, a Democrat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and sure. the, the Bob Rumson is, you know, obviously that's his mm-hmm. closest avatar, I guess. But um, uh, I had very Cheney vibes. Yeah. From yeah. For sure. He did that. That like really kind of nasally voice, yep. too. Yes. Like, like child molester glasses. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's so gross. But uh, you have to remember back then those were just glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. the chimo part we uh, we put on later. My dad did have a few of those glasses. <laughs> everybody's uncle had a pair of those glasses back then. Um, but it's like there's things. Like that, obviously, that has gained speed of just demonizing the other side. But the thing that really made me sad is when they're talking about the crime bill, which, you know, Clinton and and Biden, they helped Mm -hmm. pass like a really dumb crime bill. But they're talking about the guns. And when Andrew Shepard says, like, we got, I'm going to come for your handguns, I'm coming for the assault rifles, I'm like, Mm -hmm. can you imagine a president saying that now? No, it would never happen. You can't even say that as a Democrat because that's how Al Gore lost because they said he's going to come and take your guns. Yeah. Mm hmm. Well, well and the idea, the idea of his 63% approval rating, I was like, <laughs> what? <"This> amazing. <laughs> I saw it in the theater with my very conservative gun loving um cousin and at that point she just stood up and flipped off the screen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you know what though? I do remember um cuz I grew up in a pretty con- I grew up in Dallas, but the part of Dallas I grew up in was very conservative or is very conservative and there were parents, I don't know why I was aware of this, but parents were upset because at the end he says like why aren't you a member of the ACLU? You know, this is this, mm-hmm. you know, honorable um uh, organization yeah and they're like how dare they say that how dare they talk about the aclu like that like the aclu is communism it's it's socialism yeah. and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. so it was like semi-controversial but it is you know it, and like you said it is this just liberal fantasy and it's rob reiner and he loves a liberal fantasy uh movie and narrative the and it's just it's, music yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he says at the end, and I am the president, you're, I'm like crying at that yes. point. Like, yeah, totally. the, <laughs> you're like, yes, yes, but you are the president. I was reading about this and the whole thing with um, Robert Redford is really weird. Well, Do I you know, know this? That. No. That he he had like written on a piece of paper the president dates and then like tried to sell that around mm-hmm. to a bunch of directors. And then he was supposed to write it. Um, oh no, he was going to be the president, but yeah. then as yeah, soon as Rob that. Reiner got involved, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm out Yeah, because they hate each other. So oh. yeah, mm-hmm. I need to know more. I do think, I do think like it would be really interesting to have a, 
president date. I mean, I don't even know if that's possible, if you could actually do that. Like, <laughs> just do it online? Like, <laughs> yeah. swipe right kind of yeah. deal? That seems so risky now. I know. Where mm-hmm. everything would be, I mean, even more than it used to be, everything would be recorded and that person could blackmail the president so right. easily. Like, it just, I feel yeah. like it would yeah. be right. Well, it would have to be one of those celebrity ones. Like, Raya, is that? Yeah. Celebrities yeah. only. Yeah. Like, you For have sure. to be vetted to get onto the site. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, just real quick, some other thoughts that I had. One, I just love Michael J. Fox. I he has I this line oh where he's gosh. like, love basically, him. I tell my dates they <laughs> they like shouldn't uh, you know be secure in the date until. Wait, let me see if I can find it really quick. Yeah, I think it's thirty thirty minutes until uh, con- confirm plans it thirty minutes before <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> yes. all plans are soft. Oh, is I the, love. Is him. he supposed to have been the Rob Lowe character? Um, I thought he was more uh, Bradley Whitford. Okay. To me, but oh, that I don't make sense. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's yeah. kind of yeah idealism. And he untarnished. screams. It makes me idealism. laugh. And he's like, "Go fuck yourself!" Like he kind of <laughs> loses his mind. <laughs> but he still is so sweet. I know, and he's so little. I love him. I um, and there's little baby Josh Molina. I know. One. God, I know. I know. I, Josh Molina has to be like contractually has to be in like every area. Yeah. Silicon <laughs> <joint>. yeah. <laughs> and like, how old is he? Is he a vampire? Because like, he looks exactly the same. He looks yeah. exactly mm-hmm. the same. Because I think he's definitely in his fifties now. So yeah, he was in his thirties or something. But um, and then this is the first appearance of two by Anna Devere Smith yep. <laughs> playing the. Right. Um, yeah, playing uh, uh, CJ. The the, yeah, yeah, basically CJ. Yep. Um, and then David Paymer basically playing um, what is his name? Uh, not Leo. Um, Toby. He's basically playing Toby. Oh, it's like yeah. here's the Jew, and <laughs> then yeah, he's right. in the Jew role. <laughs> Who is the? Uh, do you guys remember? I wrote this down because it was early on in the movie. Um, and the president just casually refers to this woman as too tall McCall. <laughs> um, that's this tall woman, and I was I was offended. Yeah, I know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah no, they, there's some you know that's yeah. a weird thing to say. Well, uh, they juxtaposed her with uh, Michael J. <laughs> Fox, Fox so much. Right, though. there were a couple of right. scenes where she's standing head and shoulders taller than him. So yeah, yeah. no, but it's I mean it is a movie that is corny as hell. But I still love it. I still think it's really enjoyable. I think it's probably one of, if not the first, probably the first movie, political movie that I saw where I became aware of kind of the idea of political levers Mm -hmm. that, you know, there is bargaining and, Mm -hmm. you know, you secure this person's vote for that one and you stiff over this lobbyists to get your crime bill through and i was like oh okay because up until that point i just sort of thought well we we introduce the bills and we debate them on the merits and then we vote on them and yeah that'd be nice it's not all the first time i was like no no that that's not how that works at all nope Schoolhouse Rock didn't talk about that. No, it did not. And then you go to the back room and do a deal. And the lobbyists do this. You sell your soul. Yeah, Yeah, the whole idea of quote-unquote politics as what some people now sort of almost regard as an end in itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm talking to you, Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) Moscow, Mitch. Uh. <laughs> I wanted to point out that um, during the the ball, um, all the guests had to go through a metal detector. Congress, mm, <laughs> that's fine. Babies. No one was complaining. God, mm-hmm. it was 1985 when like everything was great. Everything was like yeah. There wasn't a 
problem in sight in the 90s. Um, now, it, it, it's it's corny, but yeah, I mm-hmm. it is this this dream that will never happen. Oh, also, I, I like to talk about things that are like very 90s, which like are, still exist, but are just so we're so big in the 90s. Flag burning was such a big deal in the 90s. Yeah. I feel yeah. like oh, everybody sure. talked about flag burning. And, and the was... idea that the president didn't have military service was huge. Oh, yeah. Such mm-hmm. a big deal. Such a big deal. Yeah, and it's just that's just not anything that anybody cares about because the only people that go into Clearly. military service are like, you know, poor people. So they're like, well, they're not going to get elected anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, Can we talk for just a briefly about the relationship at the center of this all? Like, looking back on this as a 43-year-old woman, I was like, I'm not sure that I like the way that he interacts with her. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the beginning, especially when he's pursuing her, he really kind of bulldozes her yeah. conversationally and uses mm-hmm. his power as president to kind of... Make not her. take no for an answer for yeah. sure and, and, and I was like, he's oh. even like are you ever gonna see me not as the president and it's like well you're making your power known to her sure mm-hmm. like in yeah. in five years or whatever when you're out of office maybe stop acting like a, an authoritarian <laughs> dick <Yeah. laughs> and then maybe i'll be able to right and i think they try to balance that a little bit when they finally get to like sexy time <laughs> All of a sudden, he gets nervous, and she's, like, right. super self-assured, which I don't know if I, I uh, believe so, all I of that. I remember being so, again, so grossed out when she's, like, feeling the, I don't know, firmness of the mattress. I'm like, Ugh. like, I'm watching it with my parents, and I'm like, oh, gross, they're going to do it. <laughs> this was also the era of wearing an oversized men's uh, <laughs> totally. shirt yeah, it was sexy. <laughs> as, yeah. like, a sexy thing that happened in a couple of these movies. Oh goodness! It is it is very very nineties. Um, yep. No, yeah the the relationship is a little weird, and actually it makes me mad. I get what he's saying, but when Rumson calls her like a prostitute, basically, mm-hmm. and he's mm-hmm. like, "I can't do anything about it." I would be like, "You know what? We, we got to be done right now. Like maybe later." And mm-hmm. actually, that conversation really annoys me because he says, "She said I love you." But, like, maybe now isn't the time. Like, I'll give you space to do your election and then we'll <laughs> circle back to it. And he said, like, if you ran, I would find you. And she's right. like, oh. And they hug and kiss. And I'm like, I, I would be like, that's a threat. <laughs> no. He's yeah, like, no, I'm horny. <laughs> he'd use the FBI to, like, get her number. Like, he would. That's well, scary. he already did. Well, yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> and, and frankly, not that I want to agree with Bob Rumson about anything, but it's not a great look. To no. be a political no. lobbyist dating the president. No, mm-hmm. for sure. No. The part that really annoyed me, um, because I've experienced with it, is when he wouldn't let his assistant buy the flowers. <laughs> oh, yes. right. And then it just <laughs> didn't work yeah, for him. He is like, well, w- give me the number and make this happen, but right, I want to do it. And I don't have the credit flower, cards. Virginia. Yeah. And, and he yes. wouldn't yeah. know. He also wouldn't have. Oh, it's so weird to think, see things pre-internet, right? Because he yeah, could have just looked yeah. all could have just up. gone online. Yeah. It's like a toddler being like, I want to pour my own milk and then spilling yeah. it all over yeah, the like, totally. And it seconds later. Five times more work for the mom right, yeah, if exactly. she just yeah. helped him in the first place. Uh, where are my credit cards? Yeah. In storage <laughs> in, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, Do you think also, that the president really doesn't carry a credit card? I wonder that. I don't know. I think Obama I like, Does always... he get an allowance? 
Oh, Obama always had a little bit of cash on him because he would do that kind of thing where he would, if he was on the road, pop in a restaurant and buy. Like when he came to Buffalo, he had to get chicken wings and that was... But you don't you think know. that like Excuse one of his aides just wings. handed him a 20 <laughs> yeah. or something? Or you don't think that they were just like, holy shit, Barack Obama's here, have whatever you want. Have, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah take the yeah. whole store. Yeah. But that's yeah. like Biden with ice cream cones. Like somebody's <laughs> got to hand the cash because both his hands are holding an ice cream cone. <laughs> that's one of the what things the... I love about him the most. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> that's my ice favorite cream part. Cream ice cream obsession. <laughs> they do get, what, like a $400,000 salary? Yes. Yes, that's kind oh, of. Oh, and they get an allowance for and that a kind clothing of stuff. allowance and a travel allowance. Per diem, allowance. they ha- he has to have a per <laughs> diem. <laughs> yeah. um, do you think he has to submit receipts to like you do from <laughs> <laughs> business travel office of yeah. go through budget? Concur, concur. He's like, oh, damn it, I lost that receipt. Uh, I didn't ask for a receipt at Starbucks. Ugh, shit. Call um, CNN. They were there. Maybe they have film. <laughs> you signed Can an I affidavit. submit that? A um, couple of last little like things that I noticed that when he goes to the flower store, this is when like Hollywood, I mean, I say this Hollywood, like liberal elites where I'm like, mm, you're so racist because he's going to the flower store and the girl's like, girl, you know, she's like trying like yeah. sassy black uh-huh. girl. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. she's not good at customer service. I'm like, okay, relax. I'll um, be with you in a minute. <laughs> and you're like, but maybe yikes. she's the owner of it. Like, it's so weird. It's so weird. Right. It's so weird. And finally, this is just a question. I Oh, no. Before finally, I am always concerned, and I was always concerned about this with the West Wing, about their, like, what are their work hours? Is it just, like, 24 hours a day? I feel like yes. they come in all Probably. the time. It of course is. it is. Yeah. The Positive <laughs> America guys have said as much. Yeah. yeah. That's and why they burn out. That's why yep. they go through yeah. so many, um, like, the assistants. I think they have multiple assistants, and they change jobs every one to two years. Because it's so much pressure. And, like, if you get something wrong, you really could, like, fuck something. Oh, my gosh. There's a scene early in the West Wing. And, of course, the West Wing parallels here are constant. Like, like the Flores thing and the Butterball hotline Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. West Wing, very similar. And her sister is the middle um, Bartlett daughter. Right. The, um, the, uh... The crossover with Leo made me think of that early on in the West Wing. Leo fights with his wife, who quickly becomes his ex-wife, about how for these years the West Wing basically owns his soul. Yeah, and that—that's like the work hour things. Like, yeah, they're just there constantly. And I think you would be—you'd be so invested at that point, even though I'm sure the pay is mediocre. Yeah, I mean, because you've got four years potentially, possibly eight, to try and change the direction of the country. I mean, you'd be like, well, I'm going to start late today. No. No, you're not. No. Yeah. Okay, my final question for all of y'all really quickly. What would your uh, Secret Service name be if you were the president? Oh. Oh, I don't think you get to pick your own. (laughs) What would you want it to be? Or what do you think it would be, maybe? His was what, Liberty? Yeah, which is super boring. I was like, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. Could it be something cool, like... Like, I, I need time to think about okay. this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. to be homework. I, I know we have yeah. the, the standard question of the week for these episodes is what is your favorite DC movie? But I yeah. feel like the question of the week should be what should your Secret <laughs> Service <laughs> name yeah. be? Let's revisit this next yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. go yeah. back to it. Okay. Good. So that's basically The American President. Enjoyable. It's on Netflix for however whoever knows how long. But it was very fun to rewatch it. Was, it. Yeah, yeah. It was an easy, fun, pretty quick movie. Um, uh, right. Oh, uh, ladies, that wait! Took, I b- um, before 18 we... minutes and thirty seconds, <laughs> <laughs> just... and I'm not done yet. I just meant to before we 
before we move on, I just wanted to tell you all that I don't know if you're wearing any right now, but I like your shoes. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, oh thanks, girls Robbie. like that. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, girls like, like that. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my tennis shoes are very snazzy. I'm not wearing any shoes, but <laughs> my Ooh. light blue Crocs are my <laughs> <Ooh>, sexy. <laughs> I didn't know there were Crocs in the mix. I don't know. <laughs> I retract my statement. Um, all right, and next, uh, another, not the same, but a, I think you know, Similar. a heartwarming, uh, another '90s flick is Christie's pick, and it is the movie Dave. Yes, from 1993. I realized when I started, when I picked this movie, I have morphed these two movies together in my brain. Oh, it's easy to do. Yeah, Yeah, because I watched Dave first and I was like, when is the flower shop part happening? Oh, (laughs) yeah. Um, Yeah, so I picked Dave. It was directed by Ivan Reitman, um, similar to the, you know, American president, everything's good. Um, what happens is that the president, Bill Mitchell, he has a stroke while he's cheating on his wife, you know, like you With do. With Lenny. As you do. Yep. I mean, again, Clinton Clinton echoes. I know. Yeah. Bill yes. looms large yep. in these movies. Yep. Hey. Yes. And if, he was uh, beloved if at I this had time. A sh- if I had a shot with 90s Laura Linney, I, I'd probably find a double, too. <laughs> I'd take a shot with 90s Laura Linney. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should, I should roll back that Dave is uh, this guy who looks exactly like the president because, you know, it's the same actor. Um, and he, he does side jobs impersonating the president. And then the Secret Service has to find lookalikes because he often cheats on his wife. So he goes to these events and he does a... Sp- a speech and then he has a body double go out and wave as he goes off and has sex with um an intern or a staffer or whatever cool. i mean as yeah. you know this whole melania double thing is starting to make more sense honestly right? yeah. i was like does this real like did this happen because there are a I couple know. pictures where i'm like that is not her like that's not even her at a weird angle like i mm. i'm starting to believe the conspiracy theories about her. <laughs> um so they the White House chief of staff, um, what is his name, Bob Alexander, he's pure evil. Yeah. And Has he Frank Langella ever played a good guy? He's so good at playing bad guys. He yeah. is. He is just mm-hmm. naturally evil. He's in this yeah. movie that's not a good movie, but it's called Eddie that I used to watch all the time with Whoopi Goldberg. And he like owns the Knicks, I guess. And yeah, he's a really bad guy. Like he's that's like his that's his deal just first menacing. of all eddie is a fine movie. <laughs> it's fine it's a fine <laughs> and whoopi goldberg is a great coach for the yes, Knicks. she is, yeah, yes. is. <laughs> more importantly frank langello played skeletor in the he-man movie yes, that he, makes sense yeah he saved a lot of money sure. on makeup <laughs> yeah, yeah for sure. he's got the bone structure for it yep. he, does. Yes, he does all right sorry christy continue Oh, we just had to um, take a detour under Frank Langella. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bob um, wants to become the president, obviously. Um, so mm-hmm. he concocts this plan where they secretly have the president in a basement hospital um, of some some kind of making, um, and not tell anybody that this has happened. So they get the lookalike, and they say you're now the president. You can't speak. You just are going to wave. And then um, we're going to put all this. I don't know. Did they even tell? Oh, no, they faked that the vice president was unstable. Yes. Um, It wasn't true, but they made up all this stuff. And um, 
because he would obviously become president. So they concocted all of these lies to tell him so that um, Dave could would um, be on board with this plan because he's patriotic or something. Um, so that was one of you. That was one of the questions I had is like, why would he do this? Yes. Like, would they pay? Are they paying him a million dollars? Because <laughs> that's the only lot. way I would do this. He's a nice guy. He's a guy who helps. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't say how much, but it was a lot. Right. And, and his, the business he owns makes zero money. And somehow he forces his best friend to, employ all of the people <laughs> that he finds that don't have jobs um and that goes with the jobs bill later like that he's like really into people having jobs so um and we find out that the first lady and the president haven't spoke in maybe years and i think God, it's very it's so clinton true. it's so clinton yes. they're like so this hate is, each other yeah 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 um so they just hate each other she does her own life and then they do a public appearance together and then she realizes because he was looking at her legs that <laughs> he is an imposter. Not because he has either <laughs> a, giant a very penis. small dick or a very large dick in the shower. <laughs> I right. do actually love that part where he was like, I thought Me it too. was in the shower. And in she was like, and she's no. Like, no <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> um, yeah, so is there anything else that we want to... I um. Well, one, the thing that makes me laugh, and Dave and I were also saying this is so 90s, like in the 90s, they they loved to pull in like the real life kind of thing. Like, oh, there's the mo- Larry King all over always, these yes. Yes. Jay, yes. Jay Leno will always do a 30 yep. second monologue thing, and the McLaughlin group, which my parents mm-hmm. watched every Sunday. And yep. It's like, Freddie the Beetle Bones. President Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's of- like a new man. <laughs> I love that the the general takeaway in the country after the president has a stroke, they think, and then comes back totally different, is that he's just an improved version of himself <laughs> and not that he's like a lizard pedophile cannibal in disguise or whatever. <laughs> like, you know that would be the theory today. <laughs> yeah, oh, happened. Totally. I have to spend less time on parlor. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote a note that says it's really rich. Jay Leno talking about pardoning. Yes. Yeah. There was impeachment talk. There was a, there was a part where the very beginning where the doctor says he's like the healthiest man in the world. And I was like, Oh, gross. (laughs) (laughs) Healthiest president ever written in crayon. (laughs) Okay. So we agreed when, when we were talking before that, this movie is delightful, right? Yes. Yes. It's, yes. it's just like a warm fun. hug and it's so fun. And I think we all enjoyed it without reservations. But however. I will say I have a few questions. <laughs> okay. Yeah. About how this works. Like Especially how? That's question <laughs> well, one is how? just how? Why I mean, is another one? <laughs> on, on, on a large scale thing, I'd like to address the ending where, mm-hmm. you know, he, they fake that the president had another huge stroke so that they can bring the real catatonic president, brain dead president out and Mm -hmm. let him die. And Dave goes back to his life where he decides to get involved in politics because he's realized that he cares about, you know, helping people on a large scale and he's running for city council. And I'm like, okay, so he's going to work his way up the political ladder this time. And it, 
at what point are people going to say, "Oh, he's a dead ringer for <laughs> he looks so much like so the previous weird. president"? It's fair. oh, and look, it, <laughs> he's wait a even minute. dating the first lady. <laughs> yes, he's dating the former first lady. <laughs> what a boy! She has a type. <laughs> she definitely has a type. That's <laughs> the exact. I know. I'm like, how does this play out long form? Like it, you, exactly, it, <laughs> it doesn't. I thought it was a pretty clever and elegant way to end this dumb charade that they were doing for no mm-hmm. reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the a good the plan. second fake stroke. I thought that was pretty clever. No, it it is. I mean, yeah. That that's sort of the. Well, I mean, obviously, it's all far fetched. But that was then. You're like, you can never be seen in public together. Like this could never <laughs> yeah, happen. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, but I just, I love. I mean. I love Kevin Klein. I think he's so handsome. I've always whatever sort of, happened to him. Well, so he funny. acts now. He's, he's doing kinda, his thing. He now he kind of does. I think he he does theater some, and then I think I was reading really up on him. him, and he's he married to Phoebe from, Cates. Yeah, he came from stage acting, which is very clear. Yeah. from this movie, mm-hmm. he's yeah. such a he's Hand. such a like. A, a drama kid yeah you can totally, tell totally and sure. he like does the, the the musical numbers that he does kind of <laughs> really display that <laughs> yeah yes but he's adorable when he's singing so oklahoma oh my god yeah. i love it yes. because yeah, i have yeah, yeah. totally done that where you're just wandering around <laughs> uh he also does uh the voice of the landlord on bob's burgers oh, oh. Yeah. so he gets around doing that too like i think he just likes to yeah ham it up that's that yeah. kind of mm-hmm. i love yeah. the movie in and out so much yeah, I would watch that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so He's, good. Think about it. what a big deal that was. Oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, no, it was for sure. Um, I also like it, this is another what's well, brief, but Anna Devere Smith is also in this. this is her second appearance mm-hmm. in one of our movies as the. Uh, I, I, she's like their the homeless shelter representative. Yes, yes. Um, yes. I also so I this is definitely I texted my dad last night and I said I'm watching Dave. I said I love that movie and my dad likes Kevin Klein. The two other people. Well, Dave said that it's gross that I know the the women that my dad like enjoys. He's like, "That's weird that you know that." <laughs> well, but if my, you phrase it like that. <laughs> but my dad, like I always say, he loves a tall woman. Loves Sigourney Weaver. Like loves a tough, uh, tall bitch. Yeah, um, and you know he loves Alien, Aliens, and all that. So like mm-hmm. that is number one. And then also my dad loves Charles Grodin like loves him and he makes me laugh in this because he is just rocking that hair piece like he's not yep. letting it go <laughs> with <Yep>. anything <laughs> I'm like Charles we all know you're like 75 that is not that is not your real hair but um I also I well Laura Lenny's great she's in a small part but the, I feel like the most iconic, weirdly the most iconic part of this movie is a very brief appearance by Bonnie Hunt, who I love Bonnie Hunt. I think she's very funny. But I yes, still say, guy, right? we're walking, we're walking. And uh-huh. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Bing Rames was, oh. was in this. Yep. He was good. Bing Rames yeah. with hair. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I barely recognized him. That part makes me cry, though, when he said, I would have taken a bullet for you. I'm like, no, oh, that's so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mainly because I think it would have been really weird if he didn't. Like, <laughs> right. He's just like, oh, no, thanks. He's like, eh, you're on your own. <laughs> and, oh, I wanted to mention they had just the funniest nod. There was like a, I don't know if it was a Larry King segment where they had Oliver Stone on explaining (laughs) how he knew this wasn't the real Bill Mitchell. And I was like, okay. Okay. I know. It was actually kind of funny. It made me, I don't like Oliver Stone. I don't like most of his movies, but it actually made me like him a little bit more. Just a little winking. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it is just a, I was just delighted the whole time I was watching Mm -hmm. it last night. I was like, this is such a fun, you know, light movie with, 
some series that oh i do remember seeing this in the theater and this was god this was such a 90s moment when um charles groden comes to help him you know yes. do the, and when I he says to talk about <laughs> he says yep. if i did books like this i'd be out of business i remember being in the audience of the movie theater and people cheering and it was like oh <laughs> this is so 90s like yeah. people trying to be like fiscally smart or whatever right. and, like, right. and, and then they proceed to cut whatever <laughs> 650 million dollars out of the budget yeah. with a couple of notepads <laughs> and like know. an accounting calculator yeah. <laughs> sure works. sure guys yeah. sure and i love you like do you want a child to be homeless or like go without dinner because you want to make people feel better about their cars and he's like no sir I don't I'm like that would never ever no happen. and he's yeah. like well there's 30 million right there <laughs> yeah just snip snip there we go wait we're oh, paying for something we're not receiving <laughs> huh. you know and there's a fair amount of like actually big um senators in this I was like Christopher Dodd yes. and I don't like Christopher mm-hmm. Dodd but like and Tip O'Neill is in it mm-hmm. uh, right Paul it's Simon yeah, yeah. Alan Simpson. That's what I was yep. trying to figure out. Because at the beginning, I thought that Bill Mitchell was maybe a Republican because of the McLaughlin group, like Eleanor Clift said he was crazy or whatever. But then when the when the senators were talking about it, I'm like, I guess he's supposed to be a Democrat, I guess. Though, I don't know. It was very dubious. Oh, Helen Thomas was in this yes. one, wasn't she? Yeah. I, yeah. It was so good to see her again. That was really cool. And Arnold. There was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. I know. Yep. Well, ben he Stein. has to be—he has to be a Democrat because he introduced a jobs bill. Yes. Right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Yeah. Oh man. No, it was he's a, just a, a conservative to centrist Democrat. I mean, if a Bill Clinton. Yeah. Dem- yeah. 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 This. I mean, as we said, this is all. A lot of these movies are definitely in the shadow of. Of Clinton. And I, it makes sense because, like I was saying, you know, when, when Clinton was first elected or was first running, my parents liked him because it was like, oh, cool. This is somebody from my generation, you know, understands it's not somebody from the greatest generation. It's like they, they grew up with me. They were born in 1946. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sure Ivan Reitman was born in 1946. I looked him up because he has my birthday. Um, <laughs> I think Rob Reiner is, is there. About. You know all your birthday twins, don't you? I know a lot of them. They're mostly yeah. really boring. So I have to like, Ivan Reitman is an exciting one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, I think Rob Reiner is, is probably, you know, just around then. So they're kind of taken with like, we're in charge now. Like this is, yeah. you know, this is our time. So the first time you had a president who kind of smoked weed and it probably wasn't that big a deal yes right yes yeah although we're still working on that (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we're gonna have to move away from that oh yeah uh, rob reiner was born in 1947 so you know right in that boomer bullseye area um boomer bullseye (laughs) (laughs) love it that should be your dad's podcast (laughs) i know Um, but yeah, I thoroughly, I loved it. I, I was just very charmed by yeah, it. Yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. You think that Joe yeah. Biden will be the last president we have with the name Robinette? Just <laughs> well, thinking about these generational shifts. Yeah. <laughs> there might be some named after him. Because he was I, born in 1942. Yeah, he's he's in that, like, in between. Uh, yeah. I don't even know what his generation is, the lost generation. I, I don't even know. Yeah. I doubt we'll have any senators named Lindsay for a while. Male Lindsay's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully. We'll get rid of <laughs> yeah, that hopefully. one, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's ruined it. Yeah. Him and the lawyer in, in Buff, or in Angel. Oh, my God. He's so hot, though. 
<laughs> I looked him up in his hair. He looks ridiculous Christian Kane's now. hair, yeah. He is his the type of guy to sit feature. in the park with his guitar, which is how yep. he exited yep. that show. But have you, you have you gotten to the evil hand yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the evil hand episode. <laughs> That's very good. Oh, that guy is hot. That He's guy, so hot. I think he was on like some Dawson's Creek. He does not do it for me. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I guess the hair the hair wins for Anne. Yeah. Uh, speaking of consistently good hair, maybe it's time to move on to Ryan Philippe. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's a good idea. That's my that's my movie. I'm gonna take us to a slightly darker and more more cynical turn. But just um, as enjoyable. I love this stuff. Just mm-hmm, as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So good. I have chosen to bring the movie Breach to the table. This was the second movie written and directed by Billy Ray. Not Billy Ray Cyrus. It's Billy Ray. Which Are you sure? Find a very different movie. I'm pretty no. sure. Have you seen Billy them Ray. in the same room at the same time? I don't haven't. It's a Hannah Montana. Who, whose first project, well, first directing project, was um, a Tishy favorite, Shattered Glass, which we covered on our journalism movies episode almost exactly a year ago wow. i'm not sure wow. what day we did that but it was january it was our january movie themed series that we did so uh this is another true story as shattered glass was but we're going into the fbi and it's the story of robert hansen who was one of the most prolific um um traders Let's mm-hmm. say that, that yeah. this country has ever had who spied for almost three decades for the Russians while he was in the FBI. And this was a big time for spies because yes. it was Robert Hansen and it was Aldrich Ames, although he was in the CIA. And I think there were a couple of other people that caught um, passing intelligence to the so- former Soviet Union. And um, it... it Speaking of Clinton, one of the best touches in this movie that really pinpoints the time is there's a, l- a really brief shot where it's like two maintenance workers going around and they take down off the FBI walls. They mm-hmm. take down the portrait of Clinton and Janet Reno and they put up the portrait of um, George Ashcroft. W. Bush and mm-hmm. Louis Free. Was that who it was that time? I thought it was John Ashcroft. John Ashcroft was the... Yeah, whoever. Yeah, yeah, whoever yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Louis Free was the director of yeah. the FBI. Maybe. So it's right in that late 90s era. Um, and you can tell. Uh, the other thing that really sets it in place is the um, technology hardware. Like Ooh, all the pallets so of good. Dell computers <laughs> yeah. sitting in the hallway. The and Palm Pilots. Like, huge, like... <laughs> chunky monitors there was a lot of dude you're getting adele going on over here (laughs) and then he's like oh just go grab another computer that's in the hallway like (laughs) and then some lady walks by and he's like oh you must know people like lady just grab one there's a hundred of them in this hall (laughs) you're supposed to requisition them so anyway uh, Robert Hansen was a prolific spy for the Soviet Union for 30 years and kind of it seemed like he did it because he was just sort of resentful because he felt like he was passed over. Yeah, he, yeah. he climbed yeah. quite high in in the bureau. I th- sort of seems to me sort of like mid upper level management type, but he just felt like he didn't get his due from the FBI because he wouldn't play politics. He wasn't interested in 
you know, taking part in all the relationship stuff that would allow him to climb the ladder. And he was uh, one of the really the earliest sort of um, information security efforts. And he kept talking about the Internet and its potential for um, for espionage. And nobody really <laughs> took him seriously. Oh, and that Robert. sort of seemed to piss him mm. off to the point where he was like, well, fine, I'll show you. I'll do it. Yeah, he kept saying people who don't shoot guns like don't get <laughs> right. Yeah, you have to be an FBI cowboy mm-hmm. rather than the data nerd in order to advance up the ladder. So the FBI knows they're pretty sure. Like it's it's interesting in the history because they knew that they had moles and they did this whole task force thing that rooted out Aldrich Ames, but they figured out that they couldn't account for all of the the things that had happened, they couldn't pin it all on him. Like they knew that there was somebody else. And so they had this task force who was searching for him. Guess who the head of the task force was? <laughs> Robert Hansen, yes. the other mole. Mm. So that's kind of how it was going. So this team, this is our second appearance by Laura Linney <laughs> as the agent who is running this task. This is my favorite Laura Linney. Yes. This, I don't yes. have time for your mm-hmm. bullshit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Laura Linney. Yeah. And they know that he is doing it, but they can't catch him. They need the evidence. So they recruit a young up-and-coming agent, Ryan Philippi, in the best uh, role of his career. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And they put him in as assistant to Robert Hansen, played, I should have said before, by Chris Cooper, who is amazing he's so good amazing side note dave said to me remember those few years where chris cooper was like the best actor we had yes (laughs) yes absolutely it's like him and um tommy lee jones they have Mm -hmm. the same kind of craggy craggy kind of sour thing going on but he is just so cranky for this whole movie. So they uh, put Ryan Phillippe in as his assistant to be their inside man undercover and sort of help them get the evidence to bring him down. And that's what he does. It's another one of the movies that I love where you know from the beginning, because it's a historical event, you know how it turned out. And yeah. yet still mm-hmm. you are on the edge of your seat the whole time going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Well, they don't, don't they open the movie by telling you the ending? Yes. Yeah. And it's yep. still so tense it is. and scary. Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. There's that and- scene where he's rummaging through his bag where I just wanted to dive under the hide. Oh, oh. And he loses track because the, the his bag has two pockets on either side mm-hmm. and he forgets yeah. which one oh. he took the Palm Pilot it's a lot out of. of pockets. And he's like turning it around and, turn, and he puts it in one and zips it up and then he takes it out and he puts it in another one and zips it up and you're like hurry oh, you can see him walking oh it's so mm. it's so yeah. stressful and then when he comes out and he said did you move my bag i mean this is when i i ryan Philippi does a good job because he does such a good job of being nervous but also kind of keeping it a little bit cool and you're like oh mm-hmm. yeah i just kept thinking like there's no way i would be able to pull this no. off no <laughs> um I want to just apologize. I think I mispronounced Ryan Phillippe's name earlier. I don't That's know why fine. I just skipped a syllable. Also, uh, it's a confusing. It's, it's a confusing. Common. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's just one of those. Whatever. I think I was just reading the teleprompter wrong. Um, <laughs> also, I, I want to point out Chris Cooper printing out the entire internet on uh, Parkinson's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's just like here's oh, everything on the net about Parkinson's. <laughs> just the thought of that and just being like color printouts of the internet. <laughs> dad's on the net <laughs> Why did, and he 
he made um, Catholicism seem even more sinister. Oh, <laughs> like, well, I love that they go to like a Latin, <laughs> Latin, yeah, service. Latin yeah. service. Well, they were Opus Day. Yeah, right. So yeah. his yeah. wife, I read up about it in real life. She taught like theology at a super conservative Catholic prep school in the area. She was oh. like head of theological <laughs> studies, and oh. she was the one who was super super catholic and then converted him it's true he was a lutheran when he met her he mm. says in the in the movie and mm. that's true and i just like to say that's not that's the wrong direction you don't go lutheran to catholic you go catholic <laughs> yeah. to lutheran yeah. especially not to opus day <laughs> right yeah yeah and, All or and, nothing. and that's that's another um part of the movie that's absolutely true is what they refer to like his sexual perversion Oh, Although, that was true. Mm-hmm. That was absolutely true. There is more to it than that. So um, he did, in fact, film uh, himself having sex with his wife without oh, her knowledge no. or consent. And he did, in fact, post those on the Internet. He had Ugh. a buddy who was also at, um, in the, I don't know, he was his next door neighbor. And he ended up actually drilling a hole in his bedroom wall so that the neighbor could come and sit in the next room and watch them. <gasps> oh, no. Without the wife's knowledge. Without she, the like, wife's wasn't knowledge. Into it. Yes. He also was a big fan of strip clubs and Russian prostitutes, prostitutes, or sex workers, I should say. And of course, this is not to... Um, shame any of that i think sex work should be legalized and who cares if you want to go to a strip joint but of mm-hmm. course it's the hypocrisy oh yeah right. of For sure. him preaching about sin and catholicism and Family morals and whatever and, whatever yeah. And then doing all this. Oh, don't worry. He hated himself for it. (laughs) Clearly. Yeah. The thing that makes me laugh a little bit where he was, they were in the elevator with the hot woman or whatever, the hot woman from the nineties. And, uh, (laughs) um, and, and Ryan Phillippe's like, Oh, she's a good looking woman. And, and Chris Cooper gets mad at him. But then he's like, so weirdly obsessed with Catherine Zeta Jones. (laughs) He's like, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, Catherine Zeta Jones in 2000 was, phenomenal i mean she was my dad like my dad is yeah yeah. my dad's gay and he's obsessed with her (laughs) he would probably have sex with her and there was the scene oh god when he knew that he was like watching Catherine zeta jones on his computer in his office and then he like deliberately like closed the door he told him to close the door he's jerking it (laughs) at the fbi Catherine and it's so bugged you know that his office is just full of cameras and sound you know there, there's 50 people in the don't bring a black light in there yeah. <laughs> oh disgusting. i also recommend the first time i watched this you know when i had the dvd that i rented from netflix there there's a commentary track how do you get commentary tracks on in I don't streaming. think that, I don't think they well I don't, I don't know. know I don't think they exist in streaming or I, I haven't don't know, seen them because it was a really really interesting common commentary track with Billy Ray and with the real Eric O'Neill oh, wow. Ryan Filthy oh, character and they talked about you know what actually went on and how it differed from real life and how it was the same they didn't like go to dinner at their lunch at their house or anything like mm-hmm. that but they were creepy and intrusive but one of the really interesting things that he said that I looked for it in the movie the next time I watch it he said one of the things that Robert Hansen always did when they were like walking down a hall he would always walk on the middle of the hall so that you had to walk next to the wall and as you walked he would drift over so that he pushed you further and further and further towards the wall until eventually you had to like stop 
and oh, it's, it's like, like a, a power play thing. Power it was yeah. totally like a power dominance thing. I'm doing that from now on. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, as far as like the the subject of the movie goes, Dave and I were talking about it a little bit last night, and I was like, I remember when it happened, and it was a it was a big deal. But I was like, I wonder if 9/11 kind of pushed it out of the way where it's not something yeah. we think about yeah. because 9/11 mm-hmm. happened, whatever. Seven months later, or whatever. So it's. Like I don't it, remember hearing anything about this. Me either. I, I mean, I was in college, so it was my senior. It was my senior year, but I do have yeah. like a memory of it. I I think they try to kind of keep things like this a little bit quiet, but I do remember it happening. But then nine eleven mm-hmm. happened, and it was like nobody cares. Nobody cares <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah. Well, he we put out a book. That's Daniel why the FBI did it on purpose. Yeah. They yeah. did nine mm, eleven. Distract. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He put out a book in 2019, and I it's on my list to read. It's Eric O'Neill um, did. Yeah, yes. he ended up leaving the FBI after this. I don't know. It really was like a big strain on his marriage and really a difficult thing. And he left the FBI, and now he travels, and he's like a security expert and lecturer. And he's like 48, guys. He's not that much no, older than I know. some of us. <laughs> and he's still... Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> he's quite handsome actually he is oh, I was cute. just gonna ask that i was just gonna ask that next yeah, yeah he yeah, is he's yeah. cute okay. yeah oh, he's i haven't cute. looked him up, him up. <laughs> oh he is is his real life wife an attractive french canadian no, no she's german no no, no german. She, she's german in the movie but the oh, actress but is canadian canadian oh no oh. uh juliana o'neill she doesn't have a wikipedia anyway he's handsome yeah he could be a politician oh. son of a bitch okay no um, I'm reading, this is from the Wikipedia page, but Manola Dargis's review of it was really good. It says, one of the strengths of Breach, a thriller that manages to excite and, and unnerve despite our knowing the ending, is how well it captures the utter banality of this man and his world. And it's like, yeah, it's like, he's doing all of this because he's kind of pissed about his positioning. Like that's, you know, and it's this like, yep. I mean, not to use a cliche phrase, but like this toxic masculinity, like I'm the man, like I'm the one that's yep. in control of mm-hmm. this and I'm right. And it's like, he's just going out to proving it and, you know, destroying things. Along Sometimes the way. you just have to know that you're right and be okay with people <laughs> not understanding that's how I've gotten through. And, and it was really interesting. Like some of the, the concrete um, consequences from what he was doing. I think they have three people that they know were killed, like three oh. Russian assets Jeez. who he sold their names back to Russia and th- those people were executed. Mm-hmm. Also, one of the wild things was that Russia was building a new embassy, I think in Washington, and the FBI tunneled underneath it so that they could eavesdrop and he sent the Russians the plans for that wow. tunnel. Oh. Wow. No, he's the... Oh, God. Um, the very, the final sort of text at the end, what it says that he is in, I mean, I don't know if it's still the case now. I didn't look him up, but that he's in um, prison, in federal prison, like a supermax in Colorado. And he's in solitary confinement 23 hours of the day. I was like, Ooh. wow, that's rough. See, that's kind of why I'm like, not for the death penalty, because that sounds like more of a nightmare. Like, I would rather just be like, just <laughs> I would rather me. Die. Yeah, just yeah. kill me. Yeah. <laughs> 23 hours I'd be fine (laughs) you're like I got it it's fine it's fine I'm doing it now (laughs) that's a good way to that's a good way to go literally insane like that will make you crazy I know I'm like do you have access to the outside world at all I mean probably not I would assume I mean that hour they do allow you to go and because I think by law you have to have you have to have a little bit but yeah 
But before we leave this movie, I mean, we should link it back to the reason that we're here, DC, is that this is set in, in yes. DC. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it, it, when you see in Dave, DC is this really like warm and bright yes. and, you know, mm-hmm. light place. And Breach is just full of like grays. Mm-hmm. It's one of those places like it's always cloudy yes. or either yes. raining, which is not totally um true to dc weather patterns as i understand it but this sort of very sort of concrete drabness yes of it is sort of soviet a little bit like it feels Uh a little bit more lots of those uh federal funded spy parks yeah yeah (laughs) i do always wonder i'm like why are you outside like i mean i get you're you're outside because you don't want to be bugged or whatever but why are you just like in the middle of some park (laughs) you don't know who's gonna be there that's how it works. <laughs> uh, I I just was so stressed out for Eric O'Neill the whole time where he's like, mm-hmm. sorry, boss, when he has to go the sort of wrong way or, you know, he says it's the right way and then there's an accident or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed right. out for you. Is he just going to take you out and shoot you right now? Which he kind mm-hmm. of does, but... Or, or I got worried about his relationship. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. when he when he stole his boss's mail and steamed it open, and then watched the porn Ugh. videotape at his house <laughs> on their think was gonna happen, yeah. and I, then his wife found it. Uh, I'm like, that was not a good decision. No, the only thing He's, that the only thing that annoys me a little bit about her is, and it's not her; it's just how they wrote her. Is that she's like, why aren't you telling me this stuff? And yeah. I'm like, I yeah. feel like if you were a wife of somebody in the FBI, you would have to kind of have some understanding that he can't tell you everything. As as Laura Linney told us, though, that's a learning process for the spouses of of FBI. Sure. Sure. And he wasn't an undercover agent. No. Yeah. You know, he was whatever, like a security details specialist spy guy. Boy, I'm really articulate. I think you I know, just, with us watching I, <laughs> I would just be annoyed when the boss is showing up at your house. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's a when I'm issue. like, okay, what is happening? Because this guy is creepy. It actually ended up working in his favor because he could do the thing where he's like, I'm getting these pages because, you know, she's mad at me because of you. Like, you did mm-hmm. this. Yeah. 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 You creeped her yeah. out. Talking about Opus Day. If God. this wasn't based on a true story, his wife would have been the one going to pick up those documents at the dead drop. The uh, yes. the German yep. wife who's skeptical and frustrated. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's a good movie, and you know what else I like about it? It is comes in under two hours, and I really yeah. respect that. Yeah. Like it is, there is. I like a lean movie where there's not a lot of fat. Like it just is. Yep. You know, it's just chugging along, and it does what it has to do. Well, then my apologies for primary colors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? Mike Nichols loves a long movie, so yep. that's kind of the way it is. Yeah. Uh, it seems as good a transition as any to my movie, which uh, is barely set, just barely set in D.C. <laughs> Only the last scene is set in D.C. Uh, but it's the- very the the D.C. as a state of mind. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. So uh, my movie is Primary Colors. Uh, It is what Wikipedia calls the 1998 American comedy drama. Um, (laughs) So funny. I know. (laughs) Well, and, you know, I was watching. I was like, what kind of is are they trying to be funny? Is this, I don't. And then I went to Wikipedia and it said comedy drama. And I was like, well, that doesn't help. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But this is based on uh, a novel that was written uh, by later 
uh, unmasked as Joe Klein, the columnist who reported on Bill Clinton's presidential campaign and then wrote, uh, uh, you know, Romana Clay about it, uh, greatly fictionalizing or maybe not so greatly fictionalizing sort of a story sort of based on the Clinton primary run and then presidential run. Uh, And this cast is a little ridiculous, but surprisingly good in these roles. And that was one of the things I liked about this movie. And I actually read the book back in the 90s, the late 90s, when I was a teenager. Of course you did. (laughs) Such an appropriate book for a child. Exactly. uh, Amniocentesis. And so you get uh, John Travolta in, I think, Hillary, you and I talked about this, maybe his last not creepy. I mean, he is creepy, but he's he's creepy because he's he's supposed to be creepy. But like maybe John Travolta's last truly effective role as a surprisingly good, I mean, everybody's got a Bill Clinton, right? Yeah, but he's playing Jack Stanton, quote unquote Jack Stanton, the uh, governor of Arkansas, running for president of the United States, and then Emma Thompson as the Hillary Clinton stand-in. Yeah, can I say is... something here? Yes, mm-hmm. I expect that you all will retract your criticism of Katie McGrath in A Princess for Christmas <laughs> and the <laughs> accent more criticism work. of her accent because it is ten times better oh, than Emma right. Thompson's American yeah. accent. I adore Emma Thompson. But this accent is bullshit. <laughs> well, I yeah. had no idea was she supposed to be English. Like, all no. of the accents no. weird. I, th- no. I thought the- all of them were pretty bad, but hers was standout bad. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought now Adrian Lester, who played Henry, yeah. he's British, and I he's like never super. Known. Oh, he's super. He's I didn't know. Oh, so yeah. good. I didn't know he was I- British until like not that long ago, and. This was a weirdly a movie. I, Dave said it is weird that you, I used to watch this movie all the time. Um, must have been like early on in Dave and my relationship. And he was like, yeah, I thought it was really weird that you would watch it all the time. Cause it was just <laughs> one of those ones that was like on HBO. Yeah. And you know, I knew the beats of it and I was like, huh. And you know, watching it now, I'm like, God, this is such a dark movie that I, mm-hmm, why yeah. did I watch mm-hmm. this all the time? So we get, Adrian Lester, as you said, is Henry Burton. That's our second George Stephanopoulos esque character. Black Black Stephanopoulos. Right. Right. (laughs) Blackanopoulos. Sorry. And you're you're rooting for him. Like they open the movie with him. It's through his lens for the most part. And it's you know, well, and then the end is gut wrenching. And then uh, Billy Bob Thornton as the uh, James Carville oh, no. character. They've done James Carville dirty. I mean, yeah. woof. he's kind of creepy, but there's no way he's this creepy. Mm, I, I wonder if not. 1992 James Carville was more like this than right. he is You now. think that James Carville ever whipped out his dick at campaign headquarters and showed I mean, some violence? I don't, I don't, I don't beside I don't anyone. As, as the Adrian Lester character said, good thing she was cool. Oh, yeah. that's that. Oh. No. Oh God! Ugh. The Winona Ryder. Well, they kept yeah. referring to her as the Winona Ryder lookalike. I'm like, right. oh yep. God. Um, uh, and then I don't want to pass over uh, Kathy Bates, who who yeah, puts in the, so the best performance in yeah, this movie. Yeah. I think she was for nominated sure. for. She was. Yeah. She was nominated know. for she best supporting. So Guys, I wasn't sold on this. I felt really? like I thought the last third she was really good, but I fir- thought the first two thirds was really hammy. From her, this uh, like pistol packing, duster wearing, loud swearing lesbian dirt digger. Why? Well, I, I think like, mm-hmm. this seems so cartoonish to me. I think it had to be. I think that's part of the thing is she's the one comedy. of the characters in here who's not a direct yeah. 
connection to someone. She's sort of a of a an amalgam of a couple of archetypes and a couple of other people in the Clinton campaign. And as far as I could tell, there was no one in the actual Clinton campaign who. Well, it's like supposed to be like a mash of like Vincent Foster and right and, you know. for for such a precise character. I just felt like it was so stereotypical. Well, she's reason. she's very much leading up to her uh, two year uh, uh, previous portrayal. Was previous this came? Oh no, this is ninety six. And then the next year when she plays the unsinkable Molly Brown, it is very much yeah, the same, same thing. Yeah, it's like right. this. I'm like a one of the people kind of deal. You know, I'm like I'm heavier, so I'm gonna kind of. Dig in, but that I mean, not to jump ahead, but like you said, Anne, I I agree to you to some extent. But then that last scene where she's talking to them, and it feels mm-hmm. like, like it is this whole boomer, you know, um, generation that was let down by like this promise of what was supposed to happen. Like they were supposed yeah. to, they were supposed to change the world, and they fucking failed because they got. Too and not only did they not change the world, they became corrupt. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. in right. their pursuit yeah. of change. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, the, yeah. It is. Um, uh, oh, go ahead, Ian. Uh, well, yeah, I thought that that scene was very moving. In the scene afterwards, where she and Henry are talking, I was, I, uh, mm, I didn't. I almost called it quits on yeah. this movie on the first through the first hour, and not because it was. Well, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was that great up through there, but I think because I'm just so over the whole Clintonness yeah. of it all. Yeah. yeah. Because right. I, I mean, the our our picture of who he is has really changed God. since then. And sort of his, his moral failings are not to be chuckled at no. anymore. Yeah. And the kind of, Oh, Bill, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I read some of the original reviews. I, I like to read contemporaneous reviews and like they use the word bimbos, a lot yeah. like you know his weakness for bimbos mm-hmm. and always the blame always goes on like oh, yep, dumb yeah that's that's not that's not cool yeah. roger ebert yeah. i don't i don't like that and like so that's not the movie's fault right but i'm over yeah. that interest in in clinton but then i did think the last 45 minutes of the movie was really excellent so I'm I'm glad that I paid the three ninety nine again. <laughs> Time I feel like I, I, feel like <laughs> I should rent it twice because you had to rent it twice. I just <laughs> forgot because because I watched that first hour and I was like, ugh, I need to take a break for this. And then three days later, I was like, all right, I'm ready to tackle this again. And I forgot it's a forty eight hour. <laughs> You're like fires. Yeah. Damn it, um, man. It, but I what I like, um, and this is you know what has been told so much is. The, the like, um, junction of Clinton of being, like, how they opened it, like, how he shakes your hand and, you know, mm-hmm. where he grabs you on your arm or whatever. It's, like, everybody you've heard here about Clinton, it's, like, he makes you feel like you're the only person in the room. And that's why mm-hmm. he was so convincing. And that's why people just sort of fell for right. him. Yep. Even though he was, you know, a novice in some ways and, you know, had a lot of, like, foibles, um, he just made you feel like you were being listened to but then yeah at the end of the day it's like when he's I mean we kind of the plot is the Clintons I mean that's basically it the run up to it but when when he's talking to Henry at the end after uh uh Kathy Bates has died has killed herself he just convinces him you're like how did he convince him like how did he convince him how did he do it and it's like he had us kind of snowed a little bit like you know he looks into your eyes and just can convince you that you know you should join the thing is 
people are, I mean, people are complicated, deep thought Anne. But I remember not that long ago, (laughs) (laughs) not that long ago, he was on Letterman. I mean, I guess it was a while ago now, but post-presidency, you know, when he's elder statesman, he came on Letterman and just talked to him about some issue. I don't remember what it was, but I was watching and he was so engaging and so direct and he talked about it so sensibly and explained it all in a way that really was enlightening he has gifts he really does that helps people to look past a lot of the stuff that was just staring you in Mm -hmm. the face otherwise i think now that we're into a new generation they didn't experience the charisma Yes. Of the yes. Clinton right. on Arsenio kind of thing, and so they he was don't our have first such a black hard president. <laughs> yeah, well, he played the sex also coming guys. from um, from uh, George H W Bush. Yeah, it's yeah. so boring mm, yeah. and old that yeah, it just was exciting. Cool president. Yeah, yeah. God, I remember really wanting that that Democrat from the South who could who could roll up his sleeves and talk to a working man and, and be able to cross those lines. I mean, I remember that enthusiasm swelling around John Edwards before his, his (laughs) master. I mean, right. I mean, I, I liked John Edwards as a, as a political, um, I liked his odds is basically what I'm saying in that primary. Well, he had that speech about kind of like, you know, poverty and I mean, he sure. was, he had a whole thing that you're like, yes, and hair. Can, yeah, and the right. hair. don't discount yeah. the hair. Right. He was a, yeah, he's kind of a handsome guy. And but, yeah. but we caught up to his bullshit sooner. I mean, yeah. that was the difference. Is yeah, I think we had learned our Clinton lessons, and and you know, the the radar detectors are going off faster for that. But I think that's the 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 benefit of this movie, even in hindsight, is that you see the the you, you meet your heroes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you get closer and closer to to John Travolta as Stanton as Clinton, and and you realize just how terrible it is. And the end of the movie is so heartbreaking when he's elected president and they're they're at the inaugural ball, and he goes and he shakes, you know, Henry Burton's hand just passing by, and and Henry's there. The yep. Stephanopoulos mm-hmm. character didn't give up on him, didn't quit on principle. He he swallowed all of it to have the opportunity to make change, and you realize just how much he's given in, given in, and given up, and that's yep. heartbreaking. And that's mm-hmm. why you know, as you were starting the movie, end and you stopped it because you're like, oh, you know, it, I just thought, no, it, it's not the celebration of Clinton that it feels like it is at the beginning of the movie because you very quickly realize it's really picking away and picking away and picking away at just how terrible he was. Well, I had a problem also with the with John Travolta's portrayal of clinton and i don't know how much of it is again the revulsion of clinton and what's my revulsion at john travolta <laughs> yeah it is yeah, hard to separate yeah. them yeah. together and it was so like like he wasn't doing a character he was playing a caricature yes right yeah. right there was nothing subtle or even realistic about that performance not that i necessarily even think that there was supposed to be Really? Because he was doing a very specific thing there, but it was just, I don't know, it felt a little fakey to me with his gray dyed hair or hair piece or whatever and his gray dyed eyebrows yeah. and accent. I was like, what are we What are we doing? I don't know. I, I think is this have, Clinton or is this not Clinton? I think you have to go big with Clinton because yes. you can't, he's too iconic and too recent when this movie was made. 
He didn't do the mannerisms like the thing where he holds his fist with his thumb out. And, <laughs> right. You know, right. he didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or the like when was half this 90, closed eyes. It was 98. It was 98. Eight, so yeah. he was still in office. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I told Bobby this, the, a little trivia is that um, Tom Hanks was supposed to play the role, but he was, nope. he was, but he was too close mm. to the Clintons and he didn't want to do it. Oh. Yeah. So also, it have been good. Tom Hanks could never play he's that. He's too easy. skinny. No. Yeah. yeah. He's too lovable. Yeah. Well, I, th- I thought that clearly um, Travolta didn't have a fat suit, but it was a fat gut. He clearly had a prosthetic. Yeah, he was yeah. like sticking out his. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. There was you can't have a Travolta movie without him dancing. Like he has to shoehorn in a little bit of dancing. Mm-hmm. But right. and they danced at the Thanksgiving party that they had, and I just thought it was so uninspired and boring. It was like a terrible dance for somebody who's supposed to be charismatic and magnetic, and by John Travolta, who can obviously I, dance. Is <laughs> I just thought that yeah. was really weird. Yeah. Um, fun. Yeah, fun, light. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I took one note on primary colors. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, Rob Reiner had a scene on, as yes. a radio show <laughs> yeah. in Florida. And so his radio funny. show was called Schmooze for Jews. Yes, <laughs> that was great. What was the, can, can you guys talk about the Alice and Janie character a little? Because I didn't understand oh. what that was supposed to be about. I just think well, it he was just, with her. yeah, I think it yeah, was just she, showing. Yeah, she's just written in to to be his our first view at his being terrible. But why was right. she such a like? Why was she? She fell on I the think stairs she was and just gave us like, a crotch shot in the first. I think five she was minutes. just excited to be around him. Well, like yeah. that's yeah. she was just awkward and, and charisma, right? Of he got her yeah. all flustered. She was just so yeah. excited that she was flustered and okay. And also, she's tall and awkward, and I think they were going for that. Like I, I was think maybe a just, little offended by that. Yeah. 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 She's she's uh, uh, too tall, Janie. Not right. <laughs> uh, we get more Larry King. In this yes, movie. of yeah. course. Yeah. It's the '90s. They love mm-hmm. to make an appearance. Um, and as a as a longtime New Yorker, I really enjoyed uh, both Cuomo's and the actor playing <laughs> Andrew Cuomo. Very uh, skeezy, slick back hair Italian. Uh, my favorite uh, character actress, not really, but I always enjoy her. I love a Maura Tierney appearance. Me too. She's, yes. I don't, I, she's just a solid actress. I always enjoy yep. her. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She's she's very beautiful, but it's always in a like a real person yes. kind of way. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's very down to earth. Like if you saw her in real life, you would be like, she's so attractive. But she, it's right. not, you know. It's... She's also at the grocery store. Right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You wouldn't and, be like, what is she doing here? Of course, Mortarian gets groceries. And she's sort of the um, Dee Dee Myers of, uh, oh, yeah. of that right. world. Right. Yeah. So it's a good fit. Uh, yeah, so thank you for indulging my little bit of um, weirdly adult childhood. Uh, <laughs> you know. Bobby, you are so weird. Yeah. I, I could never figure out what the big fucking deal was about that book back in the day. I mean, there was a certain, I mean, I think it was sort of a journalistic masturbatory thing where all the journalists were so excited yep, about this sure. book. Mm-hmm. Well, that it really... because... Joe Klein wrote a bunch of stuff that nobody could put their name on back then, and he did it anonymously. And so it was like this, you know, boys on the bus time thing, right, where all these reporters were on the trail and and these were all the things they would see but couldn't write about. And he he found a way to write about them all. Mm hmm. God, I just remember it was like feverishly like, who wrote it? Who is it? Who is it? (laughs) And I'm like, who cares? And he even was like, he even was like, 
Uh, no, I didn't write it. How dare you say that I wrote it? And it's like, LLJK, right. I totally mm-hmm. wrote it. <laughs> uh, so that's probably enough on primary colors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let's... The, our last movie, uh, this is the furthest away from DC in our DC <laughs> movies, I think. It actually has um, more DC in the end of it than Primary Colors by yeah. just a bit, because yeah. that yeah. seems pretty extended. <laughs> it's in yeah. DC at the very end. I chose Election, and this is the 1999 yeah, Reese yeah. Witherspoon, Matthew, Matthew Broderick movie. Um, and I chose this mostly because I'd never seen it. So I didn't know oh, wow, really? what oh I was gosh. doing. And I, oh. I've always wanted to see it. And it was like, oh, this is a good excuse to make myself sit down and watch it finally. And it's got a very different tone than the rest of these movies. Yeah. It's definitely a very dark This comedy. is a dark comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's silly in a lot of ways. Um, but it's about an election. Um, but it's a high school election class president. Um, I think the student council president um, and Reese Witherspoon is this kind of goody two shoes overachieving Hillary um, Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't have any friends. Um, and the movie opens with her basically where they reveal that she's having an affair with the math teacher, which that's not the way to put it. The math teacher is, is it's a, he's a statutory no, rapist. Yes. Right. right. Um, but he's in a band. Meredith. He is in a band. He's he in a dad band. <laughs> he is married and has a baby and he's having, he's raping a, a student. Yes. Um, and he gets zero consequences. He has to move to Milwaukee, I think. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> when that when that relationship is exposed, which um, is way and this worse is, than Omaha. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, and he this can't is, be a math teacher anymore. He ends up as a supermarket stalker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They show him like labeling cans. Labeling, yeah, yeah. Um, this is where the she even wants to read my novel um, <laughs> yeah. thing comes from, which is really great. <laughs> um, <I> love. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, you know, at its core, this is a movie about a grown man blaming his problems on a high school girl, Yes, (laughs) I think. Um, so he, so Matthew Broderick is a teacher at the school and he has this grudge against her. He just really doesn't like Tracy. Um, and so she's running. She is exhausting. She is annoying. She's awful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he has some resentment because in his mind, she got his best friend fired. Yeah. As Meredith said, for raping her. For raping her. And she's annoying. Like it's both. Yeah. yeah, I I think there are just sometimes those people that just, (laughs) you just really annoy you yep. mm-hmm. when she's sticking like, her oh, hand up in the air to answer person. every question i know like, oh. yeah you can tell he's got ptsd from that throughout the movie yeah. but instead of just like being a grown-up and ignoring her and moving on he gets all entangled in her situation and he convinces chris klein in the role dopey, that he was meant to play yes oh my such a dummy <laughs> idiot sure. but he's such a dope in this movie but he's the only decent human being yeah. right. so sweet he means and so well. stupid he is yeah. with a very large penis yeah he's a labrador retriever is what yes. He is. yes yes, yes. Just a... and and you know there is one of those in every high school yes. the athlete yes. who mm-hmm. is actually super popular and also a nice guy yeah there's like one of them yep because all they're the rest rare are jerks. but there's there yeah but, yeah. <laughs> yeah but reese witherstone kind of resents him because he's grown up rich and is you right. know this popular athlete but he He's broke the his intersection leg of every privilege yeah mm-hmm. you know white yeah. privilege male privilege rich privilege pretty privilege yep high school popularity is a big privilege when you're in high school yep. 
Um, and so uh, Matthew Broderick convinces Chris Klein's character to run against her for student council right. president. And it, and it all seemed, I, I couldn't remember why he would do this, but it was basically because she said something to Matthew Broderick about, uh, you know, when I'm student council president, we're going to be spending a lot of time together because he's the sort of civics and governance teacher. And I'm mm-hmm. sure he's the advisor for the student council. Right. And he's like, I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I need to find a way out of this, and that's his plan: is to get somebody else. Well, he can't. To run. Risk, I, it's a good plan. He can't risk being seduced by her. <laughs> right. Oh. That's how I took it too. Is like she yeah. is this like succubus, right? That's right. Kind of, she's oh, a, he does have that weird sex fantasy about her. Exactly. Yeah. There's yes. a very upsetting yes. scene where he's having sex with his wife and other women, including Reese Witherspoon's heads, are transposed <laughs> onto the back of his wife's head. Ugh. It's a really, really low quality editing too. Yeah, there. well, I don't <laughs> yeah. think it was supposed to be. Right. Um, there were some parts of this movie that reminded me of Arrested Development a little bit, just like how absurd everybody is. Mm-hmm. Yes. These grownups mm-hmm. acting like children. Um, and there's a point in kind of the middle of the movie where it feels like every time somebody wrongs somebody else, they decide to run for student <laughs> council president. Yeah. Like, I'll show you. <laughs> and so there ends up being this rather large field of, of, of candidates and they do their speeches and there's like a vote counting scandal <laughs> where um, uh, the teacher tries to throw away. It was rigged. Um, <laughs> it was rigged. <laughs> yeah. Those and Dominion machines. Well, Why would he throw it away in his garbage can? It's so it was so stupid. <laughs> I was, I turned to Gregory and I was like, what is that, that, that thing with the gun in the first scene? He's like, oh, Chekhov's gun. And there's a scene at the beginning where he's, th- he's cleaning out the break room fridge and he throws some Chinese food and it lands on the ground and he doesn't pay attention to it. And yeah. the mm-hmm. janitor's walking by and is like, ooh, I hate you. Uh-huh. It's like, ooh, <laughs> that's and so he is the janitor (laughs) i wrote Chekhov's mess in my notes but i like Chekhov's janitor better (laughs) he's the one who finds the crumpled up two votes in his trash can and then calls him out and gets him in trouble he gets yeah you're so right because all he would have had to do is put those two votes in his pocket in his pocket or eat them or something or rip them up like there's a million you know more intelligent things he could have done um so it, it, in the original vote, Tracy actually wins by one. And so that's why he throws away because two. Because Paul, so Paul, Paul votes for her. Paul votes for her because he's in the he... thing going, oh, can you vote for yourself? Is that okay? Like, what a sweetheart. Sweet baby. I know. But there's this whole side, side thing where um, he uh, tries to have an affair with Dave's ex-wife, the, the, the yeah, disgraced Linda. teacher. Um, who's also his Oof. wife's best friend. It's just this horrible, awful... Yeah, and you know. leads to that classic, like, leaving 800 messages on her voicemail. <laughs> yes. like, call me, call me, call yeah. me. Gregory was like, stop leaving messages. <laughs> I know, right? Uh-huh. Those can be tra- um, One thing I did like is that he would drive her to the mall, and that's the mall I used to go to when I was a kid. Oh, West really? Road's oh. Mall yeah, because Alexander Payne is a real Nebraskan. Like that's his. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely Nebraska stand. I think have all his movies except been set the there? Descendants. That's the only oh. one that that the, the not the not the Disney. I mean, if movie, you're not going to go with your hometown, you might as well <laughs> go, go to Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked um, I liked Tammy a lot. Yeah. She was the kind R. of nihilistic. Yeah. 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 Um, who's that? You know who. Uh, don't vote for me. Who cares? Don't vote at <laughs> no. all. And everybody cheers. So she's going to tear down the student government. Yeah. Um, there's also a lot of mom jeans. Some <laughs> yeah. mom jeans yeah. situations yeah. in this movie. <laughs> the, um, 
um, I remember. I I don't think I saw I don't think I saw this until like VHS or something. But I remember my aunt told me she took my grandmother to see it because my grandmother used to see like every movie. I mean, she wasn't like a prude, but my aunt said. <laughs> The very opening of the movie, like one of the first oh, lines God. of the movie. Oh, yeah. God. She wanted, yeah. I'm not even going to repeat it. Even for me, I'm like, I can't repeat that line. No. Um, she, my aunt was like, I wanted to hide. Like, I, I wanted to burrow under <laughs> the theater and just die because it is so vulgar. Like, it is I thought there vulgar. was no way they were actually talking about, I thought they were going to do a switcheroo, but they were just talking about Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. yeah. I, I almost Ugh. had Elliot watch it with me because I forgot all of that stuff. I'm so Oh, it is not appropriate for children. No. And this is a DC movie in so far as the very end scene is is the last time that uh, he encounters Tracy. He sees her from across the street getting into a limo with a a congressman. Mm Mm-hmm. And he throws his cup at the limo <laughs> as it drives away because he's so still so mad at her. It's such a beautiful, like, just, you know, everybody's sort of living their life. He actually seems sort of happier in D.C. even though yeah. he, or in New York, even though he New has York, this, like, yeah. pitiful little apartment. But whatever. Like, he's sort of footloose and fancy free. But at the end of the day, he's still this, like, petty asshole. Oh, he mm-hmm. has that monologue at the end where he's talking, oh, you know, it really, it all worked out for the best. I, I, I. I love my apartment. It's not as much square foot as I had <laughs> in Nebraska. It's like I love one square my foot. job and I still get to teach. Blah, blah. And you can tell that he's trying to convince himself yeah, yeah. that he's happy. He has one of those flags right. in like the, you know, anthropology museum or whatever. Like, come follow me. And you're like, this is pitiful. Yeah, speaking of we're walking. <laughs> yes. We're walking. He's like a museum educator now. Uh, so, so it was a fun watch. But it is. It's ah. gross. I would say the one major flaw that I thought of when watching this movie is you cannot tell me that Chris Klein's character would not have won that election in a landslide. Uh, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Because these are nothing but popularity contests in yes. high school, and yep. everybody loved him. Nobody gives and a nobody shit about her. like the policies that she's going to enact. No, no. They're like, they never cool. go through anyways. <laughs> yeah, they never do on. anything. Yeah, I mean, no. Tammy was right. <laughs> yeah. I think that it happened in my school. I'm trying to remember who ended up winning, but there was a girl named Lindsay, and there was a guy named Jason. I think Jason ended up winning, and he was basically like kind of a dickhead and just was like, you know and I think he ended up winning because everybody was like that guy's fun and Lindsay seems like you know who cares about what she wants to do yep yeah this movie is a really interesting like rewatch now because again going back to read the contemporaneous reviews they almost all focused on Reese Witherspoon as the villain of the piece Mm -hmm. you know the Hillary Clinton of it all and there was so much sympathy for Matthew Broderick for having to deal with her and I was like okay well what does she do in the movie that's wrong is she rips down the posters Mm -hmm. Chris Mm Klein's posters and then she lies about it when she's challenged and that's the only thing that she does that's sort of morally questionable at all meanwhile (laughs) he's cheating on his wife corrupting the school election fantasizing about a 17 year old (laughs) getting Um, weirdly stung by a bee on his eye i know what (laughs) what was the bee sting about i don't understand i think it was supposed to just make him look that even more pitiful i mean he rents this motel room for him and and his 
friend's wife and he's like running back and forth from school buying flowers and getting champagne and filling the sink up with ice in preparation for their affair that they're going to have at the in the afternoon that she never shows up to and so this is after she doesn't show up and he goes looking for her and screaming in her backyard (laughs) which is a very beautiful backyard yes it is damn yeah Mm -hmm. so a bee stings him in the eye and it looks like it looks like he got punched in the eye yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he just kind of looks pitiful and sad and dejected. And then he ends up sleeping in his car and he looks like a bum. And I don't know, maybe just <laughs> but, to make him more pitiful. You know, but but what people seem to take away from this is that the a woman who is nakedly ambitious and works incredibly hard and is focused on what she wants is somehow wrong. Mm-hmm. Right for doing that that she's an unlikable character i mean she's irritating but i don't think she's unlikable really No, when i first watched it i had that takeaway that she was the villain and the second watch i'm like ew he's gross yeah and maybe mm-hmm. it's the ferris bueller of it all like he was just yeah. so charming and well that's the genius of the casting yes. i think right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you're like, no, he's supposed to be smooth. And then it's like, what happened to Matthew Broderick? Like, right. It's so sad. Mm-hmm. I feel like in, in a real high school, a girl like Reese Witherspoon would be super popular. Yeah. You know? Yes. Yes. I mean, the how pretty she is. Yes. Just, yeah. yeah. Just on starter. that alone, sure. she, could, she could skate through being annoying. Yep. Yeah. She does just have that. I don't ever want to punch anybody, but she does just have that punchable chin where you just want to be like, <laughs> 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 like you're annoying. Her but- head is shaped weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? Even though, like, these were movies, you know, they're all different, and, you know, some are longer than others or whatever. They have complicated um, moral <laughs> structures. Yeah, all of them. I, like, enjoyed all of them. Like, I was, like, so happy. I too. All, every time. I was like, I enjoyed that. Like, even though it was dark or mm-hmm. even though it was weird. Like, there wasn't one... There wasn't, no offense to, I mean, RIP Mike, no offense, but there wasn't, (laughs) (laughs) there wasn't an about last night in there where I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) I'm dying here. These were all made me think, you know, or, or, Mm -hmm. or like in the case of like Dave or whatever, like I just enjoyed it. You know, it was just sort of like a fun romp, but, um. Yeah, I really, I really liked them. I like a DC slash election centered movie. The stakes seem so high and just kind of like, but fun. I don't know. I enjoyed it mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, I mean, so. we, we all had to watch five movies, which seems kind of like a ton, but I was never, no. I was never like, it yeah, didn't it feel like a burden a slog, or anything, right? Like, no, this is great. No, and it's it's interesting how we sort of naturally all picked really different. So we have a rom com. Yes, we have a straight like goofy comedy. We have a comedy drama. (laughs) (laughs) It's about. Mm -hmm. We have like a dark satire, and then we have like a a thriller, straight thriller drama. Yeah, Yeah. interesting. Yeah, Uh, we need to go us. Yeah, Yeah, we we did it. (laughs) Do the honorary mentions? uh, You know, I would. I would have done all the president's men, except we already did it when we did journalism movies. Yes, in the aforementioned journalism. Episode. And my second was thank you for smoking. Right. Yes, that which was I great. almost watched last night again because it, it came up as a recommended after watching the other yeah, all those <laughs> DC movies. Yeah, uh, yeah mm-hmm. I think mine. Well, my I, and recommends. I have another one, but uh, the Contender is another one that is definitely like a liberal fantasy. But I love it; it makes me cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need all the liberal fantasies we can get right yeah, now. We really do. 
Um, so on that note, what is your favorite DC movie? Um, and also, if you want to answer, what would your Secret Service name be? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to think about it because I, I asked it and I didn't even have an answer, which is a totally I put it. Move. I put it in our Slack of the list of the Wikipedia page of all of the Ooh. presidents that have had them. Ooh. They're, they're pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I can't wait to hear uh, what y'all have to say because there's a lot. I mean, DC is such an Celtic. Town. That's Biden's name, Kelp Celtic. Oh, God. Dave will love it. Ugh. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Kamala's pioneer. That's bad. I like pioneer. That is yeah. good. It's ben Carson funny. is Eli. That doesn't make any. What does that it's mean? Interesting that the families all go by the same letter. Oh. Yeah. You notice that? Yep. Hmm. Oh, Hillary is Evergreen. Bill is Eagle. Tim Kane is Daredevil. Ann Holton is Dogwood. <laughs> Daredevil. <laughs> I like that the the Trump boy that likes to shoot animals is called Marksman. <laughs> yeah, gross. Uh, God, God, I hate. Well, him. of course, Dogwood makes sense for Ann Holton. Yeah, uh, you know the state flower of Virginia. The state flower. Right? Yeah, you could definitely yeah. get do- dogwood flowers at the florist. What is Doug? I don't know if I don't like dog in a Secret Service name yeah. for a woman. No, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Newt Gingrich is T Rex, though. I mean, it's because <laughs> his arms, arms don't work very well. Yeah. <laughs> does it say he does what, have does, very short arms. Does it say what Doug is? What it is? So it's a no. With a P? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's probably P. First gentleman. Pussy whip. <laughs> I like it. I I'm just saying. You know how people are I being know. so weird about yeah, it. Um, okay. Um, all right, let's move on to Tishi Recommends. I put this down with no explanation because I thought it, it is always sounds funny. Um, my third runner-up, and honestly, I love this movie, and I might have to watch it sometime this weekend because it makes me laugh so hard, is the movie Dick. It is not a porno. It is the movie with... <laughs> Good. Uh, I mean, it probably is a porno. Oh, I'm, sure. I'm sure there is one <laughs> yeah. out there. Very uncreative. But um, with uh, Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams, I believe it came out. Yeah, ni- another 1999 movie, which is... Uh, pivotal year for movies but it is kind of the it's like a it's like a juncture between Saturday Night Live and Kids of the Hall um, with a lot of those actors in it but it's sort of the retelling of the Watergate and how it was found out and, and it's like candy colored I totally. really like it yeah. it was another one of those movies that I watched all the time in college I must have had the VHS and just would watch it over <laughs> and over and over again and I it was the first time I really paid attention to Will Ferrell like in a movie, and I thought he was so fucking funny in it. He's the um, he's the Woodward character, um, and it's just stupid and silly. But I, I actually think that Kirsten Dunst and Michelle Williams do a really good job of playing like understandable but really silly teenage roles. Anyway, mm-hmm. I enjoy it, and I don't know if it's streaming or not. You might have to rent it on Amazon, which is. I was telling Dave yesterday that it really irritates me that I have 12,000 streaming services, yet it's like, you still have to pay $3.99. Yeah, <laughs> you do have to pay for it. On, it's on Prime, but it's two ninety nine. Yeah, I just Googled where to stream dick, and so now I'm going to go <laughs> scrub my... Well, good luck with your cookies for the rest of your life. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, Christy, yours is the next one, right? Yeah, I mentioned it during the Anne Louise interview, but um, I think I slaughtered the name. Um, so it's on Hulu. It's a one-hour documentary about um, the assault on the Capitol called 24 Hours Assault on the Capitol, and I really enjoyed it. Cool. I mean, enjoyed in question. I know. I just, marks, right? I just like that all of the different – because when we were watching it, I mean, I just – watched it for hours and hours as it was happening it seemed to be the same footage like replayed over and over sure. and over again and this was taken from all different angles i think it's uh 
ABC. So ABC had lots of different reporters in. Wow, they got, put that together quick. Yeah. They did. They put it together really quick. And I definitely have some little crushes on some of the people, some of the players <laughs> in it. Um, <laughs> you should watch and try to guess. Um, that guy but, with the horns. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, what a no, not the insurgents. None of those. <laughs> the heroes. <laughs> so I recommend that. Cool. Uh, really too. weird that Dick Cheney's was angler, but when he was in the Ford administration, it was back seat. What? I don't want to know. Just why? Because <laughs> he was a back seat driver. Yeah. So, yeah. Hopefully that's it. <laughs> that, that makes more sense for the, I know, for for his, the vice president. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a shameless Amazon plug of the week. Uh, we've got a couple here because we have Anne Louise's as well, but mine is uh, critical. Every home should have this. It's a 30-second ha- uh, sand timer. Oh. It's one of those um, hour- sands through the hourglass moments, except <laughs> the hourglass is plastic and it's only 30 seconds long. Um, I ordered this a couple of weeks ago because Sam very kindly got me, I guess it was last week I ordered it, an espresso machine for my birthday. Ooh. Very fancy. And uh, the only thing is when you go to pull a shot with this espresso maker, it doesn't have like a built-in timer mechanism. So you have to control how long the shot pulls. And you want a good shot to pull just under 30 seconds. And I was trying to figure out, well, I could get a kitchen timer. I could use my phone. But I don't want to be fumbling with all these other things. There has to be like a really simple solution for a 30-second <laughs> timer that isn't fucking around with all these different things. And then I thought... Why don't I just get one of those ones that they use for like board games? Sure. You, yeah, and I yeah. and I Googled it and they have them in all different time increments. So I found a 30 second one, just this little tiny plastic thing. It's three dollars and eighty four cents. And so now when I make pull a shot, I just flip it over. And when it's done, I stop the shot. That's it. And play nice. a quick game of scattergory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boggle. Does Boggle. Boggle yep. Yeah. Boggle's yeah. one. But so, I think that was like a two minute timer. Right. Yeah, your your espresso would taste terrible if you let it go for two minutes. Mm, yeah. So I just a very elegant low tech solution to a problem I was having. So go buy yourself a thirty second sand timer, or don't just use the link to look at the timer and then go buy whatever you want. Oh. Uh, and also uh, the uh, book that Anne Louise mentioned in the interview you heard earlier, Slug: A Boy's Life in the Age of Mass Incarceration, will have a an Amazon link to that too. And there's a there's a paperback copy and the Kindle version available through amazon cool all right it's time for housekeeping um please check out our merch at this show has everything.com and click the shop button we're going to be refreshing that pretty soon right christy yes cool we're going to have some new merch um so we're brainstorming on that right now um rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice and as always uh use that amazon link uh, to do your shopping. It doesn't matter if you buy the thing that we link or not, just gets us a few pennies for everything that you buy. And we so appreciate it. That's right. You can get involved with the show at this show has everything.com. You can send us your feedback at throwyourphone.com. Join the Facebook group. This show has everything to see all of the question of the week feedback and more uh, engaging posts from, from other folks who are listening to the show. That's where all the real action is. Unlike the Twitter handle Tishi show where very little happens. You can also email us at Tishi at 10710.com. Send us a voice memo 
Uh, it's better than a voicemail in quality and in actually getting to us now that we don't have a voicemail number. You can fax me, any body part I guess you want, at 617-354-8513. Uh, I got one fax last week and it was for affordable roofing solutions. You can do better. Perfect. <laughs> fax that was Bobby me. everything on the net about Parkinson's. <laughs> <laughs> and if you send body parts, make sure Bobby's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm cool. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, and until next time, uh, unless something drastic happens, we'll be coming back to you from a new administration of the United oh, States government. Yeah. Everyone be safe out there. Yes. Yeah, please. Don't go anywhere. Don't exactly. go anywhere. Stay home. Just stay home and drink. That's what I did four years ago. Yes. That's what I plan on yep. doing this time, too. Yep. Until then, that was everything. Oh, and whatever music you're hearing right now is not DC Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Is that a misdirection? It really is going to be DC. No, it's definitely not a misdirection. <laughs> Still don't know what I was waiting for. And my time was running wild. A million dead end streets. And every time I thought I got it made, it seemed the taste was not so sweet. So I turned myself to face me. I've never caught a glimpse How the others must see the faker I'm much too fast to take that test Ch-ch-ch-changes Turn and face the strange Ch-ch-changes Don't wanna be a richer man Never leave the stream of warm and permanent sand So the days float through my eyes But still the days seem the same And these children that you spit on As they try to change their worlds Are immune to your consultations They're quite aware of what they're going through Ch-ch-ch-changes Turn and face the strange Ch-ch-changes Don't tell them to grow up and out of it
and um the thing one of the things people complain about here is that like if you go somewhere else to another state and you try to get into a bar or like buy it you know you get on a plane even and people will question like okay well but you need a passport because this isn't a state driver's license you're like no I'm an American really <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so you wow don't have, you don't have a state driver's license it I just have a DC a- driver's license because that's where I live right so wait but Whoa. real quick, just just a little side tangent. Did you know that my fake ID was from Washington D.C.? I got it in Georgetown. Everybody, no, everybody bought it in Memphis because they were like, "We've never seen a Washington D.C. license." Yeah, it could be anything, <laughs> right? <laughs> okay, yeah. so that's weird. I didn't yes. even know. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. the bouncers in Cleveland looked at my Minnesota state driver's license and were like. Hmm. I'm like, but it's real. I promise. 